Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Alex. I mean, I'm Britain. I am Britain. <laughs> Guys, Alex is not here with us this week. Uh, much like the ill-fated lawyer in Jurassic Park, he left us. <laughs> is it much like that? <laughs> I mean, I feel, listen, he is in an island paradise right sure, now, probably sure. getting eaten. Sure. No, Alex is on vacation. He is on island time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, with the bathing beauties. Knocking back the martinis. Oh, man. Uh, He's going to come back with, like, the single bead in his hair like Michael in that episode <laughs> of The Office. He, right now, I think if we, if we all just close our eyes and listen, we can hear a faint steel drum tapping out a Michael Giacchino theme. <laughs> just having this image of Alex just, like, going to, you know, some sort of nice, chill uh, beach party, maybe, yeah, or something, sure. you know, and, and then... Pig on the spit. Just, just uh, you know, he's... Get, knocking back the margs and yeah. it's like oh you know i, I can do it. And, you know people are like oh you gotta you got we know you're a great steel drummer we gotta get you up there and you know and they're like he's like, oh, oh, being I, could, I couldn't i couldn't and then it's like oh well, okay and then he goes up and he's just he's just jamming out that uh, star trek theme just goes <laughs> for it that would be great i also like the image of him getting off the plane in hawaii when they're putting the lays on everybody and he's just like that like rictus smile like oh it's now it's around my neck <laughs> It's so colorful. It just reminds me of James Gunn and how he tried to make Suicide Squad colorful. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> griping the whole way to the, the bungalow wherever they stay. Just kidding, Alex. We love you and we thank we, you for we, your service. Yes. We hope you're enjoying your vacation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this week, we, we didn't want to do uh, more Indiana Jones sans Alex. So we're doing something very different. <laughs> Tyler, you want to tell the tell our yeah, friends so, what we're getting uh, up to? I don't. I, I haven't quite decided what I'm actually going to title this episode, but we are going to be talking about musicals today, specifically yeah. kind of movie musicals. Yep. Um, for reasons. <laughs> the reason being, I love them. <laughs> yes, and I have come to realize I, I don't know about movie musicals specifically because I don't, I haven't probably seen enough, but sure. musicals in general, I'm definitely coming around on and appreciating more. I, I think you're, um, you're you're getting. You sipped the Kool Aid, I think. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you you you've you've wafted it under your sure, nose, I sure. think a bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're. I, I don't. Britain, I think, is going to be leading this for the most part. Uh, uh, yes, I am but the Alex this week. I'm very curious to see how this because you were talking about this, how you will be more organized and be more focused, somewhat. <clears throat> yeah, in, yeah. In terms of taking that role, because I feel that normally we have a spectrum of you know, is Alex. He's 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 keeping us on track. Yes. He's, he's yeah. The, you know, making sure he's got the works. facts and figures. And yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's he's got sure. he's got the structure going on, and then I, I think there's a spectrum of, of I'm somewhere in the middle, and then you're Definitely. very much you know kind of kind of riffing here, just goofing. Um, so <laughs> somehow we've been, and you know, normally with the, the before we kind of got you back in the fold, mm. it was it was Alex and I, so it stayed fairly structured. This is you put the two less structured people <laughs> on this episode, <laughs> so I'm not true. really sure what's going to happen here. <laughs> we've already we've already decided that Alex is like a, a you know gold medalist steel drummer, yeah. um, or <laughs> which is also a fun like metal <laughs> pun right there. <laughs> <laughs> steel medalist, sorry. Steel metal, yes. Steel medalist. <laughs> Which is a very heavy metal to carry, isn't <laughs> sure, it? Sure. Oh, man. Well, and it, it does say something that back in my first, the first iteration of me being on the show, when you were on vacation or, or out of town, I, I believe you're on vacation. Alex and I did top 10 superhero mm-hmm. movies, which we literally had lists and there was a structure mm-hmm. and we broke it down and went. And then when Alex is gone, Tyler and I go, you want to just talk about musicals right <laughs> Do you want to just do this? 
And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get some notes. And I went, Britton, you are, that is not who you are. <laughs> you are, you are chaos. And, and you're a trickster spirit, really, Britton. I, I watched a little, I watched, well, okay, I watched one and most of, I rewatched one and most of a musical sure. to get sure. ready for this, to kind of refresh. Um, let's dive on in. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's, let's bring the curtain up on musicals. So I. That's good. Thank you. I have been a passionate musical musical fan since I was. I'm gonna put it at 15, and I'm 30 now, so it's half my life. Over half. I mean, I'm knocking on 31, so I mean, it's it's it, for all intents and purposes, 50, 60 percent of my life now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is. I got into it through theater. I started doing doing theater when I was 15, and um, it just it it, it became that. Uh, I I mean I I certainly knew musicals before then like the Disney animated mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that even Stevens musical episode sure um, and the Pepper Ann musical episode but I didn't like it wasn't like a thing I was passionate about and then literally it was like the the, the switch flipped mm-hmm. and it was oh this is my thing and for four years in high school that's what I liked and I'm not exaggerating <laughs> sure I liked other things too I don't I only remember like that's how I saw the world that's how I processed everything was through musicals um, and because you never love something like you do when you're 15 sure you never because sure. you never really have that amount of energy to devote mm-hmm. to something mm-hmm. you've got the energy the free time and the yes. <clears throat> not maturity necessarily but the the, the, the understanding of the though. world yeah the, the yeah. awareness of like i i enjoy this thing and yeah being able to combine all of those towards a focus yeah to choose yeah. and pursue yeah. an interest and to discover an interest. high school is by no means for any of you high school uh, <laughs> listeners out there yes <clears throat> it's by no means the best years of your life nope. but it will definitely be some of the best memories to look sure, back on sure. because you had that sort of mindset yes of, you know yeah because there's a level of passion, and that does translate into the very the unfortunate sense of like every social interaction feels so weighted, mm-hmm. and everything <clears throat> the stakes feel so high. But in terms of entertainment, in terms of finding things that you love, it is electric. Yes. And I have never sustained because now like I, I, I pride myself on liking a variety of things, and I mm-hmm. throughout a day I'm like oh, I'll watch a movie and I'll read a bit of a book and I'll listen to a podcast and I'll and, and I'll, it's all art based, but I'll consume various types of it. And I try to hop around in genres and media and stuff. But when I hit a real hot streak of something, now it's into the weeks, or you know, more than mm. anything else. Um, maybe months if we're talking about a TV show or something. But, you know, I sustained that for four years, uh, loving musicals. And even then, it started to kind of taper off into movies and everything towards the end of high school. Um, and so... Uh, I think yeah, the, the, it's something I think about a lot. I didn't study it in school. I didn't like. I don't have any degrees about musical theater. I haven't written any papers. It's just something that I've. I have over one hundred cast albums. Sure. Uh, and I am still missing a ton because I haven't been keeping up as much. I've seen every Tony Award ceremony, almost every Tony Award ceremony from two thousand four to now. So that's mm-hmm. about fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched uh, not as many musical movies as I thought, but a lot of them. I thought I would sure. mostly contain this to musical movies sure. because the, we are a movie podcast, and that's if I went on a rant about a stage musical that never got adapted, it would feel strange. <laughs> um, although a lot of them, we have probably been will though. Just it's, you know, it's very likely that's going to happen. Yeah, there's a real good um, uh, chance of that. So before I, uh, Tyler, do you have an introductory question, or should I dive in with something? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say real quick, yeah. to to establish the fact that we're on definitely different planes here, mm. um, because this is something where, where musicals I have very much come around on recently, um, and I think that there is an element of you know, I mean, the, kind of our entire 
and it, maybe two generations was raised on the Disney, yes. you know, animated yes. movies, which, you know, maybe not necessarily musicals, but, I mean, a lot of those got turned into oh, musicals. Uh, well, and a lot and, of them, though, that really kicked off. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is was designed as a Broadway musical hmm. in the sense that when they made that movie, they said, we want this to be a Broadway show, huh. which is why they hired Alan Menken. I mean, they hired him for A Little Mermaid, right. but he and Howard Ashman were musical theater composers. Mm-hmm. They'd already written Little Shop of Horrors and uh, maybe more stuff, but like the opening number of Beauty and the Beast, Belle, is very much a Broadway yes. production number, True. which is why I think that is the movie that... I mean, Lion King is such a different beast. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, there it is. Beauty and the Beast, I think, translated the most directly, well, the most cleanly to Broadway. So you're saying Beauty and the Beast is different from... It, it, ah, there's... Beast. Yeah, look at that. See, guys, I'm still funny. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> uh, but yes, but you were saying. So I, so many um, of us did kind of grow up with that yeah. influence. Yeah, and so, I mean, I've, I've never... I've always enjoyed music. I was I was a band geek in high school. Oh, I, I was, know that. I was not, Yeah. What did you yeah. play? Trombone. Oh, hey. Mm-hmm. Do you still play? No, no. <laughs> the embouchure is gone be now. Quite bad if I attempt <laughs> to go back. I've thought, I've thought about it. It's oh, just yeah. trombone's a weird one too because like the actual sound is so you can't really. I can't really play trombone in an apartment. I can't, can't really yeah. practice. Yeah, and it's not trombone. something you can really just like. It's not like a guitar where you kind of just riff on it. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of sit and noodle yeah. around on it. You can't really noodle around on it. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you can if you're good, and <laughs> I was never that good. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, as far as like actual musicals. I was never. It's weird because I was thinking about this before the episode, and I, I realized that I probably do have more musical knowledge and experience than a lot of people, even mm. though it's not something that I would have considered myself as, as seeking out ever. Sure. Um, I, I saw a, a production of Wicked with my family. Really? Um, way back when. Wow. Um, I, I do not know how. how I'm guessing a touring production or something, probably. Yeah, it was um, at the the local uh, Canadian uh, <laughs> as as we <laughs> we. <laughs> I forget where we established we are. Yeah. Uh, last, I think we said we were in Alaska. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're very thing. close to hold the Canada, dog, Alaska. It's yeah, all, it's all know, Russia, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Saw the, uh, the St. <laughs> Petersburg tour. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I heard a rumor in St. Petersburg that it was quite good. Yeah. That's an Anastasia reference. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, That's cool, though. Yeah, and, and so, the, you know, and obviously that, like, I still remember that being amazing, even though I had no idea really why I was there. And, like, it was. Right, you it's know, just a thing just, you got driving. It was just the yeah. thing I went to, and I was like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that, that and just. Um, in general, there are more that were coming back to me when I was kind of thinking through it. I, I mean, I think that's the only production I've seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like recently, um, got into, of course, Hamilton. Yeah. So when when that swept the nation, and um, yeah, Hamilton is the new gateway. Yes. I, I don't know what it was before Wicked. I honestly might have been might, Wicked yeah, true, before true. Hamilton. True. And then Rent, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, Hamilton also, is. Yeah, I've also yeah Rent and um, I, I, just as far as recent. I feel like in the last five years I've seen Rent and Into the Woods and... Are talking about the movies or the... Movies. Okay. Because also you said the last five years, which is a musical. Is it really? It is. <laughs> I did it on purpose. <laughs> Excellently um... timed. <laughs> Go uh, But yeah, uh, and Les Mis Rob and... Oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- a lot of the big ones, man. Um, we saw La La Land, Land together. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there, there's been a good, a, good, a good handful and I feel like I'll probably come up with more. Sure. We're going along here, but basically, yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's something that I am very interested in, but mm-hmm. I am not. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge or experience on. Yeah, it's an, it's such an in, the musical is such an interesting piece of American culture 
Because one, I think it is often misbranded as a genre, and it's mm-hmm. really, I think, more of a medium. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a, you can have a musical in other media. You can have television musicals, stage musicals, movie musicals. You can have uh, musical comedies, musical dramas. There sure. are musical horrors. Uh, hmm. Sweeney Todd, I think, would, oh, sure. is the okay. main one. Most of those are also comedies, like Evil Dead the Musical and right. stuff like that, and Toxic Avenger, which are end up being parodies essentially. But I mean, Sweeney Todd is a horror mm-hmm. musical. Straight up, and a, I think a, a brilliant one. And you can have so many things within a musical. It, it, the musical is, is also very challenging because I think it gets written off very easily because the the, 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 the concept of a musical at its core is a you either buy into it or you don't mm-hmm. because they take place in a reality where people just sing. And so one of the, one of the things I did want to communicate is what is and isn't a musical. So for me, I, I don't consider Pitch Perfect, for example, to be a musical. The reason sure. being, those characters are, are putting on performances in their own world. They aren't singing to convey, they aren't singing in place of dialogue or mm. conversation. Mm. They're talking like, oh, it's time to go perform, and then they go perform. Uh, something like Wicked, for instance, or Hairspray, they're talking, no. and Galinda, what are we going to do about all this, these quadlings, whatever happens in the show? And then, <laughs> I know Wicked very well, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Um, what are we going to do with all this gravity? We'll defy it is what we'll do. Yeah, sure. And then they start, they, they begin singing. And then Sandra Bullock comes out on stage. <laughs> exactly. And they, they just wag their finger at her and she slouches away. <laughs> George Clooney's like, I'm here. <laughs> uh, George in a musical would actually be incredibly delightful. Sure, I sure. I doubt he can sing, but just having Yeah, him. like in uh, Batman and Robin. Exactly. <laughs> And so when you, so, so I think that's something that gets like recently, like Pitch Perfect, uh, I would is not is, is wonderful, but it's not a musical. Jersey Boys is on this weird nebulous both mm-hmm, plane. Mm-hmm. Cabaret is the movie is ultimately not one, but like Les Misérables, hundred percent, they sing the mm-hmm, whole time. Mm-hmm. Into the Woods, uh, Chicago is kind of a blend. I did forget about Hairspray, which I have actually seen a, mm. a production of it. Was really a professional. Sure. I mean, it, it was professional, but it wasn't like it. It actually had the. Uh, the the main guy from or not the main guy the I think it was the the science teacher from Ned's Declassified School Survival huh, interesting as the as the mom I believe oh, as Edna. The, in the, yeah, Edna. the John John Travolta kind of role wow which was fascinating that, is that was fascinating. A, that was a weird experience I um, would think <laughs> but it was it was something that's an, that's, um, I really really yeah, I, that, yeah, when, I never saw the movie I was gonna say when did that movie come out you know because it was because I, I have seen like, the movie oh wasn't 06 i mean it was it was a while ago it was a it was a minute ago yeah um i never saw the movie so one of the re, one of the things that comes with loving something is that it makes you very nervous about consuming more of it sure because i'm like but what if it's bad mm-hmm. but then of course every time you watch it i watch a musical even if i don't like it i'm like okay it wasn't good i move on with my life mm-hmm. so there are a ton there are a lot of gaps in my my knowledge but i, I feel like a lot of the major ones recently i've i have seen um but uh yeah, I think that the musical is something that a lot of people are resistant to because they think, well, I can't believe it because they're singing. And I've heard there is a school of thought that musicals are, that the characters aren't actually singing, they are just talking, and the music the music is a, is a device for us as the audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I personally don't like that as much. I, I just like to go, like, no, I'm just in a world where they're just, they just sing yep. to each other. Yeah. That's just where we are. And But I, mean, I understand there are people who go, I just can't watch it. I just can't believe in orcs. I just can't buy mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the talking lion or whatever. And so I understand. But I also think that there are so many types of musicals. 
if, if you haven't gotten into musicals, keep watching, keep listening. You, you will find something. I mean, Hamilton, I think, made a convert of, I mean, huge swaths of people because mm-hmm. it is such a mm-hmm. unique mm-hmm. show. It, there's nothing else. Even in The Heights, which is by Lynn as well, it's right. completely different. Right. Um, I, I think that, so, so for me, musicals really started, I was 15, um, I'd started doing... And that was when musicals, that's when they that's when they, that's they, when they, they were, were like, first hey, what invented. If we did, what if we did musicals? Yep, they very quickly, and then they uh, infinity gauntleted themselves back to like 1902 <laughs> or whenever uh, Ziegfeld was doing his thing. Uh, my, I was just getting into theater, and I had never seen West Side Story. And I was talking to my mom, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've... I want to see what's that story. I've never mm-hmm. seen that. And she was like, oh, I'll go down to Blockbuster mm-hmm. to, just to, to date this. She was like, I'm going to Blockbuster and I'll pick it up for you while you're at school. And I was mm-hmm. like, awesome, thanks. So I came over from school and she was like, hey, I got you West Side Story. I also picked up Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, she said, you know, you might like this. I don't know. I liked it when I was, yeah, whatever. So I watched West Side Story that night and I liked it fine. I would come to like it much more later. And I had like, I remember I had half an hour before bed. And I was like, I'm going to, um, I'll start what, Jesus Christ Superstar. Are you familiar at all with Superstar? Not really. I've heard okay. Heard of it? Gotcha. Not beyond that. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot." And and Superstar is a is a rock opera. Mm-hmm. Just that's the thing. Considered very controversial in its in its time for obvious reasons. Uh, much less so later on, unless you really try to make it controversial, which I don't know why you would. Sure. But it's a show that opens with this amazing guitar riff. That's like, and it's amazing. And I. Had never heard anything like it. And it was the first rock musical I'd heard. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if you don't know a lot about musicals, you assume they're all, like, jazz, tap, showbiz numbers. Sure. You know? Sure. Uh, and so I heard that. And then Carl Anderson, the late, great Carl Anderson, who got me into all this trouble, started singing. <laughs> he played Judas. And the first song is called Heaven on Their Minds. And he starts singing. And I literally, it was one of those moments where, like, I was a different person. Like, everything had changed. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I mean, there may be two shows that I had done. You think, oh, the, I want to be the lead. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. They have the most lines, so they must be the best part. And then watching that, I was like, I want to play Judas because the quality of his material was so rich. And he is essentially a co-lead. But I was like, I don't even care about the attention he gets. I just mm-hmm. want to sing mm-hmm. that music. I just want to dig into that character. And it just became a really influential movie to me. And from then on, it was like, What's the next half album I can buy? What right, else right. did the Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice wrote that show? And I said, what else have they written? I want to hear that. I want to, and it was just, I mean, literally the next 15 years happened. And Superstar is, it's interesting because going back to rewatch it, I think as a movie, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But his performance, Anderson's performance is genuinely gorgeous. It's so beautiful and powerful and, and really phenomenal. And Ted Neely is obviously very good as, as Jesus. And he still, like, tours occasion, apparently occasionally right. with the show. This movie came out in, like, 73 or something, <laughs> and right, he's so, still doing right. it. Uh, and, and so that was where it all kind of started with me. And I would just get shows that sounded interesting. Like, Matthew Broderick's in this? Okay. Sure. Beauty and the Beast on stage? Okay. And then I got older and started getting to know specific actors and composers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. following the, each Broadway season and, and tracking it from there. Sure. Uh, and part of that... When when you are a teenager, and this is before YouTube and in the rise of YouTube, you don't have access to Broadway. You can't mm-hmm. watch it. All like I was a cast album kid. The only uh, window that you have into that world is the cast albums, the pictures that come with the albums, mm-hmm. and any footage you happen to grab 
from like Broadway.com used to do these opening night videos and you would mm-hmm. see like 10 seconds of a number uh-huh. and I would rewatch that over and over <laughs> and over again because like, okay, that's how that looks. So I could picture it in, when I listened to the show. And you would have, um, as YouTube started to come up, that's when Tyler and I were talking about this beforehand, bootleg came mm-hmm. in to play because mm-hmm. people would upload product, uh, tapes of productions that they had seen. And I am uh, very strongly anti-piracy. I will, I, I don't want to do it. Um, Broadway, I do feel differently about it. Not not super strongly. I'm still right, ultimately right. against it. But that is... Broadway is such a... And theater itself is such a specific thing where it only happens where it happens. And I really do understand... Like, in, bootlegs... Like, yes, it's stealing ticket sales, but... But also, like... Well, <clears throat> quick quick plug for... The reason we brought or we brought this up is that yes. I was sitting down to, to eat some nachos uh, right before the, the podcast. As your, your ritual. The, the traditional uh, Here Come the Sequels meal. Um, and uh, was, was checking out YouTube, and I found this uh, video that had come out a little while ago that I'd missed from someone I'm subscribed to named Sarah Z, a uh, YouTuber, and then I want to plug real quick because very, very uh, well-spoken, um, very, like, analytical YouTuber who just talks about kind of random hmm. um, various pop culture things sure and it was about broadway bootlegs and basically about the fact that like most of the people seeing broadway shows are not you know the people who would then go out or who would also be seeking out like a bootleg of it like if you've got the money and you've got the access and the location to go Mm -hmm. see broadway musical you're probably not you know that concerned or or you're probably not someone who's going to be like desperate to try and watch yeah you're not scouring the dark web and stuff yeah yeah so yeah, no, I, I and you used the the two key words there, which are money and access. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you are I mean, even in New York, I mean, these shows are extremely expensive, and the good seats are even more so. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's. Cra- I've been to one Broadway show in my life. Uh, my cousin Scott Taylor, uh, second cousin in law, or third, whatever. He's a, he's a relative, and he's a Broadway performer dance captain and all these big shows and everything. We went up to see him when he was in Monty Python's Spamalot, the musical version of Holy Grail, Monty mm-hmm. Python and Holy Grail, starring Tim Curry and David Hyde Pierce and Hank Azaria. We met some sure. of them. They were lovely. Not a big deal. <laughs> but it was, and it was, I mean, I was a teenager, so, I mean, forget about it. I was in Times Square and, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, but uh, we, I don't even know, we, we, we happened to get in because we knew the dance captain, you know? Mm-hmm. Got to go backstage for a minute and everything. It was incredible. But it is so hard to get a hold of, of those tickets. People plan you, – you know, if you live out of town, it's even more expensive. you got to plan travel. you got to – where are you going to stay? All this stuff just to see a show, which means that those Broadway shows, the, the stakes for that, the, the – the, just the creative prowess is so high. Mm-hmm. We talk about I mean, people talk about movie tickets being too expensive, and how, <laughs> which is, I mean, that is true. Sure. But like, you can scrounge up ten dollars for a movie ticket. Not well, not everybody has that. Sure, has that privilege, but it is it is a more attainable goal to say I, I want to get ten dollars so I can make it to this my local movie theater and see Avengers or see this right. thing I'm excited for, as opposed to I need three hundred dollars and also a way to get to New York and also a way to. All of this stuff, and you, even then, you might be in the nosebleeds. You know, who, who knows? And so, and I, and as someone who's done community theater for again fifteen years ish, um, even community theater tickets can get a little pricey because it's it's not it's still not the like the the regular night out mm-hmm. situation. But it is such a unique experience; it's worth the money. 
But I think that leads to why you see so many jukebox musicals. You see so many musicals based on famous movies mm-hmm. because they go, we, we gotta, <laughs> yeah, like we need something to put on this poster from people to feel secure in spending three hundred dollars yeah. on a ticket. And they go, well, I like Pretty Women, Pretty mm-hmm. Woman, so I I might like Pretty Woman the musical, right? Which obviously every season this gets proven wrong. Just this past year, uh, the best musical award went uh, the Tony went to a show called Hades Town. Which is a reimagining of the uh, myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, hmm. and it was written by, uh, literally conceived over like the last thirteen years by a woman named Anais Mitchell, who's like an American like folk singer, mm-hmm. who's just for the record one of my favorite songwriters. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah, I think she's fairly well known because you said that name, and I was like, oh, I yeah, that. somewhat. You know, I know as, she actually as has someone song... who not only knows very little about musicals, but also is like very not plugged into song. Music I'm, I'm certainly not. I had a long conversation with a friend the other night where he couldn't tell who was what was by the Killers and what was by the Shins and what was by the Strokes. <laughs> uh, we had no idea what was happening and who was Fallout Boy and all this stuff. But uh, that's the guy on the, the. He's got the. He thumbs up and he's got the suit. He's yeah, got the, the blue suit. <laughs> exactly. I think. <laughs> Precisely, that's him. Um, but. But yeah, I, I, I re- her, her her music is so stunning to me. Even before I knew she was writing this Broadway show, I just was completely in love with her music. And there's nobody famous in that. I mean, there's people who, who you would know if you were a Broadway person, mm-hmm. but they didn't bring you know bring in some big movie star. And that one best musical, like mm-hmm. clearly, there's still room for these shows. But like, I mean, it it takes a lot of work, which is why Phantom has been running for my whole life, literally sure. my whole life. I think it opened the year before I was born. The revival of Chicago that opened in 96 is still going, Lion King, because it's like, we just need steady revenue. Yeah, it's like, if this is something that sticks, it's going to stick. Yeah, if it's going to stick around. And, and, and likewise, and, if this show is not making enough money, it's out, because sure. we need we need to keep this revenue going. And, and Lion King has been around long enough that people are like, oh, Lion King will be good. Mm-hmm. I, 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 do I feel comfortable spending all this money on this thing called Hades Town? I don't know. But I've, heard, I've been hearing about Lion King for the last 20 years. I'll go see Lion King. Right, right. So... And there is, I think, something to be said on the other hand of, of, in terms of the value of, I think there's an experience you get, and again, as someone who's not like super experienced with, I, the, the other musical I was forgetting that I have seen is Cats. Right. Well, you mentioned um, that uh, on the, on the yeah, cruise which line. I mentioned previously. Yes. And so <laughs> that was an experience. Um, but sure. when you, the, just the sheer fact that musicals are generally like three hours or more. They're long, you yeah. know, um, maybe, they are. Often longer, I, I think. Um, that like... That's an experience you don't, you know, movies, I mean, it, it's one of the reasons why we, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. We're going to. We've already, I've already talked about the fact that I loved it. Endgame. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. It's like a three hour movie. And that's, Literally, yeah. That's a really, like, I think movie studios get scared about that because, yeah. you know, <clears throat> it's a lot to put people through if, if they're not invested the entire way and it's right. a lot um, to ask theaters to, you know, kind of manage their show times and everything, but it clearly doesn't really matter for the bu- the box office if you can pull it off. Yeah. And in the same vein, I think that with musicals, it's it's a bigger experience and it's a you can get more into it and you can kind of lose yourself in that world even more than with right. a movie. Yes. Um, and especially I think the fact that it's it's live actors yes, obviously definitely gets you into that world as well. Um, all of that together kind of creates this this bigger more sort of exciting experience for mm-hmm. you that, that just feels a little bit more epic, I think, if, if it's done right, than no, I, I completely a, uh, you know, your regular um, movie. Basically. It, it is enveloping in, a, in, a, in such a strange it's, way because it is so clearly, like, the falseness 
of a stage production is so evident. Mm-hmm. The fact that all of this is just pretend is just naked. Right. And movies are all about making you think that it is real. Like, great CGI is about you not knowing that it's CGI mm-hmm. and actors disappearing into roles and all that. And theater is about... And I think that makes hopefully makes audiences more forgiving. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's one of the reasons people are more willing to see a musical on stage. Because, like, I'm already going to be buying into people standing three feet away from right. me yelling and doing all this crazy stuff and i know that everything i'm watching is practical effects and lighting yeah, yeah, yeah. tricks yeah. and this is all we are all very clearly just you can probably see where the music's coming from exactly <laughs> yeah. oh very yeah. much so um you know you're you're right there amidst all of the, the like I said, the falseness of it mm-hmm. so the added question of oh and characters sing you're yeah, like, true. Well, sure they do. I mean, again, <laughs> that guy has a giant hornbill it's, puppet it's, that he's waving around, yeah, and we're yeah. supposed to pretend that it's, he's not there. It's part stage, part part performance, and it's also, um, or it, I should say, it's part drama, part story, yeah. and then it's also part performance. It's also right. like you're watching a, a concert. You know, yeah, it's kind of a. And, and as someone who has been on both sides of it, having performed and and I haven't been in as many musicals, but performed in plays and been in the audience, like it is completely shared. Mm-hmm. You are totally. The, they give you the material, then you give them the reaction. Mm-hmm. And as an actor, just for all you theater goers out there, we know when it's a fake laugh. <laughs> we know a pity laugh from a genuine laugh. I'm not saying don't give them to us. I'm just saying <laughs> we know them. And it's so it's 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 it really every year at the Tonys they they say uh, three things over and over again. Eight shows a week. The the lights go down and the curtains come up. And something about the electricity of live performance. Mm-hmm. You hear it so much, it's, it's a cliche. But it's a cliche because it's true. And that it, it makes it a little more worth that those $300. Ideally, you still wouldn't be paying $300. <laughs> but it's like, if you go see a movie that you really love, like in-game, and, you're, and then you walk out of it and you're like, I spent $15 and three hours of my life on it, but you loved it, you don't mind. Right. You're like, that was totally worth the money. That I, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like... That was a, a bargain, you know? And if you really love a show, like, you'll be totally willing to pay that money. And, and that just, like I said, it raises those stakes financially and creatively and all of these things. And I, which I think is, is interesting then that there is still such fear in making and adapting a musical to a movie. Sure. There's a, and in a way that is an actual adaptation or right. a sort of the, actually capturing the experience as yeah. opposed to. Maybe cutting it down and sort of oh, sure. making it, yeah. There is a real fear. Now, e- even though the musical is quote-unquote back, as a very strange Oscar performance once shouted at us, um, where Hugh Jackman, who was hosting, and like Zac Efron and Dominic Cooper and like Amanda Seyfried, they did this weird Moulin Rouge-esque number that was mm-hmm. just, it was all over the place. And at the end, they went, the musical is back. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. There's just, we get maybe one a year, maybe two. Because right. for a w- long time, that was what movies were. There were musicals churned out mm-hmm. like westerns, you know, mm-hmm. just pump the way we're doing superhero movies now. Yeah. And we do have, th- there's a little more confidence. But, I mean, think about the, the big musicals of the last, about, let's, say, let's say 20 years. It's a little bit less than that. They have tons of famous people in them. They're a well-known show. And they are released in award season. Like, they all have to be these huge events, and, and they market them like, this is the biggest thing, the biggest yeah, deal yeah. ever. Because studios still think people don't want to come see them. Mm-hmm. 
And what, what that usually means is you get a lot of movie actors who have maybe done a musical at Summerstock years ago, but they're not really that great of singers. Right. And Or they can kind of do it all. And I know I am a theater person. I know a lot of theater people. Um, we get very picky about our, mm-hmm. our chosen actors. Uh, I like to think that I'm not as bad as other people, but I am just about different people. Right. Um, there are actors right now who are great musical movie performers. Anna Kendrick, great. Mm-hmm. Great singer. Genuinely, like, actually sings. Uh, is a great actor. Knows how to do it. Uh, I think... Antonio Banderas hasn't really gotten to show this, but I think he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Broadway performer. Hmm. He has performed on Broadway. He's a very good singer. Well, he had, he had to do it in Evita in 96, which I think is a great movie. Um, and, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's not a great singer, but knows what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a few out there. I don't necessarily think Meryl Streep is at... I mean, she's qualified, but not to the degree mm-hmm. that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Helena Bonham Carter, I feel the same way about. But then you have like your and Hugh Jackman obviously uh, is is totally qualified. But that's when you get your like your Russell Crowe's right. and your Pierce Brosnan's and whatnot, where it's people are going, but but what? But why? <laughs> like, well, because of the the brand. Now, now, Britain. It sounds like you've just named two two actors who are in the same movie. Uh, Go did, on. <laughs> did you did you want to, to talk about this? It seems like this there might be something. I, I didn't I didn't intend to, but let's go into it. <laughs> what movie is that, Tyler? That would be uh, uh, Les Misérables. It would be Les Misérables. Uh, yeah. Les Misérables is probably one of the biggest musicals ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always being performed. It's always being produced. It's huge, 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 huge show. And um, a friend of mine once complained about Phantom of the Opera, saying. I can't like that. It's just spectacle opera. It's not theater. It's not like <laughs> Le Mis- he said it's not like Les Miserables. And I went, Les Miserables is literally spectacle opera. <laughs> it's a huge show. They sing the whole way through. It is everything. It's produced by Cameron Macintosh. It's totally... Th- it's better, but, you know. So Les Miserables is a musical that I love, as we all do. It is one of the few shows that I think both mainstream audiences love and, like, niche theater people love. I'm sure there are some super cool theater people out there who don't love it. But, like, it's a very beloved show yes. in and out of the theater community. I'm not a fan of the movie. Uh, because I think... What was the lot of reasons? I really don't think that the live singing approach... Now, and this is one that you've seen. So we'll yes. be able to kind and of this, this was something. This is something that's been on my mind recently because, A, and it's part, I think it's part of the inspiration for... I think I, did, I, did I suggest this topic just as, like... I think I almost just threw it out. The, for the musicals, oh, general, oh, oh. as the episode that we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, I think I just threw that out because this has been on my mind. Because um, I had just recently seen the movie um, after you know, like five years after it came out or whatever. Yeah, it was I was twenty twelve, I think. Oh wow, twenty eleven, okay. twenty so, yeah, yeah, yeah. twelve, so even longer. Um, and so, uh, just like watching that and then discovering the actual soundtrack and listening yeah, to the soundtrack, yeah. it's now like I'm obsessed with it. Um, a lot like like with Hamilton when that when I first like got into listening to that it was all I listened to oh, yeah, for a absolutely. good month it was just I mean I ha- I was doing a lot of long car rides and stuff like that so it, it mm-hmm. would just be like ah oh, I can just have this on yeah um but yeah and so that that this is something that's just been on my my mind recently because that's been like the latest thing that I've gotten sure into oh I, I absolutely and I mean Rob is one of those shows that that's what it does to you mm-hmm. because it's it's very long and it, because like Hamilton there's so much in it. 
you get to rediscover music. You're like, oh, well, I've been listening to Red and Black so much. Guys, I just discovered Drink With Me. This song's amazing. Mm-hmm. You kind of, it's like listening to Hamilton. You're like, I never really listened to Burn properly. Right, right. This song is fantastic. Right. Um, I was getting all, I was just listening to Wait For It over and over again. Uh, but Les Miserables is a show, my favorite version of it is the 1998 concert Mm-hmm. Where they sort of took people from the original Broadway and the original London and mixed them together, and they did, Leah Salongo was Eponine, and Colm Wilkinson was uh, Valjean. Like it's totally amazing, uh, personally. <laughs> and I think that the movie, it's a real mix. I, I really think the live singing is what nerfed them because they cast such a, a a broad range of singing ability. Right. And some of those people, Hugh Jackman, Aaron Tveit, Samantha Barks, uh, Anne Hathaway, were like live singing. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. I can do that. And then a lot of other people, Russell Crowe, I would venture to say Eddie Redmayne, um, and maybe Sasha Baron Cohen were like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll do it because I've, I've done this. I think I just realized that was Sasha Baron Cohen. Right? Baron Cohen. Huh. Yeah. Continue. In his second, because he was in the Sweeney Todd movie as well. Ah, okay. And he's not a bad a bad singer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Sasha Baron. He's just, his brand isn't really my, sure. my, 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 sure. my thing. But it... The problem with doing live singing is that you, because he he wanted to be live, but he also cut. That meant they were only able to sing like bars at a time, mm-hmm. which you really notice in Master of the House, which is this rhythmic. Yeah, yeah. It's really the only song in the show that can be unabashedly fun and silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they so he wanted to, and I understand this. Film it like cutting into different parts of the the house and like, you know, showing all these people having fun and all these different quirky little mm-hmm. takes. But that meant that Sasha Baron Cohen had to go, quick to catch your eye, pass her by, like yeah, yeah, record yeah. just yeah. these little things. And so it, watching it, and, and admittedly, I've only seen it once in theaters when it came out. And I, so. I, I watched it and I thought, and I was like, oh, that was that was neat. That was cool. Right. Um, having no experience for it. Right. Um, I, I just was kind of like, oh, that was interesting. I like that. Yeah. And, and have it, you know. And it does have some, some strengths. So I thought Master of the House really felt very rhythm, rhythmless to me because they had to interrupt the flow so much. Which, if, if you pre-recorded it and then just played it and then edited in rhythm, which is how 99% of musicals are filmed, mm-hmm. you can get that flow a lot more organically. And then you have, like, Russell Crowe, who, look, Javert is a super hard part to sing for yes. anybody. That was my biggest takeaway is because I, I had heard people say, oh, you know, no one's, no one's good in that movie. Right. Whatever. And I, I thought Hugh Jackman, I was like, oh, no, he seems to be doing mm-hmm. it. Anne Hathaway destroys Absolutely it. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is not, like, I just did not realize how good the oh, singers man. were. And I'm like, why? Maybe I'm just not watching the right movies. But I'm like, why is that? Why have I not seen that? She hasn't. Done, she's on an Ella Enchanted. I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. Like she hasn't gotten to sing yeah, very which much. Is strange. Yeah. Um, but Russell Crowe, I was kind of like, I I can't. It doesn't. It feels wrong, and I don't know why. Right. And and then I listened to the show, and I was like, oh yeah, because the rhythm is so weird. Yeah. Just everything. I mean, as, again, as someone who doesn't have a ton of you know, kind of musical knowledge I, mm. outside of what you learned in high school marching band. Um, well, I would venture to say neither of us are singers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just, you can just tell that it's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. it's, it's, it's strange and you have to be confident and good. And I think, that, I think confident because he's clearly terrified. Yes. And Russell Crowe has a band uh, called 30 Odd Foot of Grunt or The Ordinary Fear of God. Both spell out toe fog. Um, he's, <laughs> he's his own tree. Uh, and he's... I have enjoyed some of his music. I'll just go ahead and, and put that out there. Uh, just air that skeleton out of the closet. <laughs> but that is like blues, rock, low range, right. not super right. complicated, more stylistic than vocal. Yeah. Uh, Javert is 
the complete opposite. I mean, it's yes. so hard to sing. If this were a straight play, straight movie, he'd be a great Javert. Because Russell Crowe's a great actor. Yes. And a determined, obsessed pseudo-villain. Like, that's not Russell Crowe. You could definitely knock mm-hmm. that out. But It's hard even listening to... Having, having had the movie first, it's hard listening to the, the music and not picturing him, even sure. though, like... Just because he was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just because he does... I mean, he embodies that yeah. so oh, well. When, when it's not such challenging music, it's he's fine, mm-hmm. because he, he knows how to play that character. It's just singing that music is so intimidating... But then also, like, all these different takes, and I don't know how they filmed it, and it was just such a weird way to do it. So the, next, the other problem I had with it is that Tom Hooper, the director, for whatever reason, decided to do a lot of extreme close-ups mm-hmm. right in their face. And I guess it was to emphasize to us, they're really singing. Mm-hmm. The problem this creates is, to sing properly, as I have friends who are proper singers, you have to shape your mouth in a certain way that doesn't always look, quote-unquote, good. Mm-hmm. Which, when you're watching a concert or a Broadway show, you're like, no, totally. Like, you're singing, like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, on the Tonys, we see a lot of people shaping their mouths strangely. But in a movie, you're really going to notice that. And so they couldn't, like, always form the, the words properly. Mm-hmm. And, and in On My Own was the one that really bothered me. She couldn't belt those notes. And Samantha Barks has played Eponine on mm-hmm. in the West End. Like, she can totally hit those notes. Mm-hmm. And she's still very good. She is very movie. good, definitely. Yeah. But because she has a camera an inch away from her face and probably a mic an inch above her head, if she hit that note properly, she'd blow out the sound. Sure. And so it, in trying to create this intimacy in an epic musical, it creates this strange blend. That said, it works perfectly for Fontaine. Like, mm-hmm. for, for Anne Hathaway's mm-hmm. number to feel claustrophobic and tight, and for her to do that. In the, and she, again, she still sounds amazing just from a vocal perspective, but, like, the acting is so strong... That whole sequence I loved because that it's all very live and in your face, and it felt like, oh, this is like I feel tight and trapped mm. the way that Fontaine mm. feels trapped, and like it's very moving. And I, I don't know if they were like, let's film that that way, <gasps> let's do the whole movie that way, mm-hmm. or what the the goal was. But it's a movie that I should revisit to see how I feel about it now, and to see like going in with my biases, will they therefore? Because sometimes when you watch a movie the second time, going, "Oh, I already know I hate this element of it," you end up being fine. Yeah. Because you're like, "Well, I already," you're not surprised by that. You're like, "Oh, I already knew I didn't like that joke or that character," right, right, right. so you can kind of enjoy the rest of it. You're looking forward to. Yeah. 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 But I was going in like, I can't wait to hear Aaron Tveit as Injora, and I still don't feel like I got to hear Aaron Tveit as Injora. <laughs> and it gets very easy for me to be very like, I, I, I try not to be a snob about anything. I'm. I am a snob about musicals, and I don't like that I am, but I am. <laughs> um, and I'm always the guy on this podcast, like, everything's relative, there's no right or wrong, it's all, right, there's right. no good or bad, we're all just watching stuff. And, and I have to remind myself to do that with musicals. <laughs> um, yeah, and Les Miserables was a tricky one, but unfortunately, though, that show had already been around for, I don't even know, 15, 25 years. Right. I mean, this huge amount of time, so it's like, that show wasn't going anywhere. Right. Uh, I think one of the reasons I get so nervous every time I make a movie is I don't want it to usurp the stage show culturally. Right. But really, there's, I think that's only happened once, which is Grease. Where sure. Grease is a movie where I, or a musical where I feel like, and, and look, Grease as a stage show, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It is what it is. It's got problems socially and technically. It's got fun, whatever. But I feel like you can't do that show anymore without just doing it like the movie. Sure. Everyone and, and to the people are just acting like John Travolta now, mm-hmm. and and I totally understand like that's what's familiar, that's the touchstone, but it's kind of frustrating to like no, but if I go to see a production of Greece, I want to see Greece, 
I, I don't want to see the movie. I can go watch the movie. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's a movie that I, I don't know how many real problems I have with it so much as I just find it very annoying. <laughs> I just find the performances annoying, except for Olivia Newton-John and Sucker Channing. I find a lot of the music annoying. I just, it just, it's just, it just on a like, it just doesn't work for me. Sure. Um, but that, but that was also back in a time when it was safer to make a musical. People yeah. were like, yeah, whatever. It's the seventies. Okay. <laughs> there was a sound that you couldn't hear, but we did. <laughs> um, it's either it's either dumpsters or uh, we are in Britain in the nineteen twenties and uh, <laughs> are currently being attacked yes. by the Nazi uh, air raids. So. Man, I wish I had a really good musical to segue to from that. <laughs> I was going to say, my, my last thought on, on Les Miserables yes. is that when that movie came out, um, my, my high school, I believe, did a production oh, not wow. too long after that uh, to try and kind of like capitalize on the sure. fact that that was a thing. Um, and having listened to the show, I'm, I'm baffled. And I never saw it in, in, at my high school, and I'm very upset that I didn't because mm-hmm. that, I feel that would have just been such a great, uh, yeah. great memory to have <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. that show has... I feel like at least four or five guys and, and two or three girls uh, who need to be cast who can just hold a note out for um, until the audience claps long. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just, and you and just, also, you a, just, it's power notes. Yeah, you just yeah. sort of belt it, and yeah. then eventually the audience is like, oh, oh, wow, okay. All right, oh, we do all that. Right, America, right, you're still, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, it is a hard show to sing yeah as someone it's amazing who, to me that a high school would try and do that i actually saw a high school production of it my the woman i was dating at the time she her her high school we, we had both far left high school but gotcha. her like she knew some a couple of people in the cast mm-hmm. and so she was like oh let's go see it and i remember it being fine like mm-hmm. again with high school theater you go in with such a <laughs> you really don't expect much i i i I'm of the opinion that high school theater is not supposed to be good. Sure. It's supposed to be introductory. Mm-hmm. It's it's not for critics. It's not for it's it's for parents to take pictures mm-hmm. and it's for kids to get a taste of this thing. Mm-hmm. Get you know talk to them about creating a uh, professional type experience. Do that when they're theater majors. <laughs> Do that when they're when they're just like when you're just like goofing around. And and I, we, we, the high school I went to, we were not well regarded for like competitions and stuff. But we had a lot of fun doing shows. I yeah. have really great memories doing shows there. And it, it, I do feel like I got to do good performances. I feel like we did put on some good shows. But ultimately, like, yeah, it was high school theater. Like, yeah. It's there for us to get a taste of it and for, for our parents to have fun watching us. Like, It's, it's not even a proving ground. College is where yeah, you yeah. get to start laying that stress on. But I remember I auditioned for a show. It was a children's theater. I did one show with them. I did The Music Man. A great time. I loved doing that show. I was uh, Marcellus, so I got to do the Shapoopy. Um, sure, these are is, all these are all words. We know the Shapoopy um, though from like the Family Guy bit. Shapoopy, yeah. Shapoopy, uh, that girl who's hard to get. Is that the halftime show in the Super Bowl or whatever? Uh, some of these words. Okay. Are <laughs> well, I did this. I did this big fun dance. I know what board. Family Guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big I had a pinstripe suit kind of thing. It was a lot of fun. And I came back to audition for another show, and they had a guest director who was like, is a children's theater, mind you, <laughs> who was like obsessed with making it as like professional grade as possible. Uh-huh. So she cast all adults, like adult adults in the part. So mm. like the kids were all background stuff under the guise of we're making this like a theater. Exp- like a, sure. you, you, Now you're getting to watch people know how to do it. And I was like, um, I have a family issue. That means I cannot <laughs> do the program. And I told, and I wish I had just, I was like 20 or 21. I wish I'd had the guts to be like, 
I don't think this is how you should do this production. This is a children's community theater. I'm not going to do this. But I mean, I lied. So I apologize <laughs> for lying. But I ended up not doing it. I ended up doing another show with a community theater that I was with for like 10 years. And I had an amazing time doing that show, so it worked out. The point is, um, high school theater is for fun. Let it be fun. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Try to do a good show, but have fun. Come on. Um, I, I do think it's interesting. You talked about these power ballads and hitting these notes. That's what musicals, I think, really became uh, in like the 80s. I think that was where it really started. Because that was when Cameron McIntosh started bringing over Les Miserables and Cats and Phantom of the Opera and Miss Saigon in the early 90s. These shows that are rock operas and they're just big. Just Mm -hmm. sing big, sing loud, scream at stuff. Which is, you know, that was just like creating an Adina Menzel-shaped mold for her to slide into. Yes, the the thing I remember most from, from seeing Wicked when I was who knows how young mm-hmm. um is the i think it's the note i i don't know if it's is defying gravity at the end of the uh, first, first act first yeah. Act, yeah. yeah yeah where where she uh and oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't think it would have been adina menzel i don't i don't know who would have, i don't know how long she was on or, or whereas i don't know um, um i don't remember a whole lot about any sure. of this but i do remember whoever it was belting out the uh the down yeah the last it's word crazy. Of, and it's just yeah. like you're just like flipping between several octaves as yeah, just all over. like kind of vibrates mm-hmm. through it. It's it's insane. Um, the theory I mean, is that yeah. Menzel threw out her voice doing that show so much that that's why like she doesn't sound as great live and like the Oscars and stuff. Hmm. I think she still can sing. I mean, let it go. She sounds great. Yeah, yeah, Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that there, there's a lot of people have said that about like if if people hear her and they think she doesn't sound good, they just blame it on Wicked. <laughs> like, but a lot of people did that show and didn't bruise themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah. But yeah. also, wouldn't that be worth it? In a way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. she won a Tony for it. So. Sure. Um, and she told Kristen Chenoweth that you are the grace and the light on that stage, and I remember that very clearly. <laughs> um, sure. 2004, Britain had a huge crush on Kristen Chenoweth. Sure. Which is which is kind of funny to think of now. Oh, youth. Um, I, I think too, if we're really looking at movie musicals, uh, modern, we really owe. Modern movie movie musicals, I think, to two movies, Moulin Rouge and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Have you seen either of these? No. Okay. So, I mean, you know, basically, you, you know of them. Of them. Yeah. Yes. So Moulin Rouge is, is an interesting one because it is an original-ish show. I mean, Moulin Rouge is a real place. Mm-hmm. But it's all, it's jukebox. It's all familiar music from time. Like, <laughs> the opening is a David Bowie song. They pretty quickly go into like uh sound of music there's hmm. nirvana mm-hmm. it's like one of the very few times most like teen spirit has been in a movie hmm. um it's, it is a complete chaos chaos movie and i really enjoy it and it was like this huge grossing movie you know it was up for all these oscars and everything i think the national board of review named it like the best movie of the year hmm. baz lerman made it who did romeo and juliet right um, and also, was he Great Gatsby? He was, yeah. The, the yeah. new Great Gatsby, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and he... Movie. Yeah, I never saw it. I never saw it's, it. It was fascinating. He, he is a great visual. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, visually, he's a great director, narratively. And uh, the, the, the story of Moulin Rouge is a paper thin. It is the most basic mm-hmm. of, we need a device, just keep going. But the whole thing is framed with, like, Ewan McGregor is this writer who's supposedly ahead of his time and gets swept up in the Bohemian Revolution in 1899 in Paris. And so to... to relay back to him being that he is this ahead of his time composer and writer, all the music is from the future. It's from mm. the 80s and the 90s, mm. and it's all filmed with like this music video kind of style. And it's 
uh, it's a lot of fun. It's totally crazy, but it's intentionally crazy. Right. And it gets away with something that my biggest complaint about movie musicals is the way they film the numbers, when they film choreography. Uh, and it's one of the reasons it's good we're doing this episode is we're going to save time in the Pitch Perfect episode of <laughs> Britain uh, complaining about the way movies film choreography. I think Pitch Perfect does it well. Oh, the, gotcha, the first okay. one. But it's, it is musicals and action movies are almost identical from a structural standpoint, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. Both have... Just think of your generic action movie, a Mission Impossible, whatever. That and a musical, they both open with like a big production, a big opening mm-hmm. chase or fight scene, a big opening production number. And then for the rest of it, and midway through it, the first act, second act break, there's a big, a big fight chase sure. spe- spectacular. And then there's a huge explosive thing at the end. And then all throughout, you have this story that carries you through to the individual. Um, not excursions, what's the word? Altercations. Or musical numbers, mm-hmm. these little mini fights, these little mm-hmm. mini mm-hmm. chases. Oh, Ethan Hunt's got a dispatch of this guy. Oh, Jackie Chan's got to do this, you know, fight off these robbers. You know, if I were a rich man, da 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 You know, they just kind of right, go right, through right. these rhythms. And in a really... And, and so, uh, your, your, not guilty pleasure, but your lighter fare is going to be, eh, it's pretty thin on plot, but the fight choreography's good, or the music is good. Right. Or it's going to, in a really good one... Those beats, are, the, the 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 story is going to flow effortlessly into that song or into that fight scene, and that fight scene or that song is going to color that moment and also heighten things for the next moment. Sure, they are essentially structured very very similarly, and so thus, I think when you're watching a great fight sequence, like a John Wick, for instance, you see the, the camera tracks that choreography. Because you want to see what these stunt performers are capable of doing. You want to know where everyone is in the fight. You want to know what the stakes are. And when you have all these quick cuts and frenetic all over the place, you don't really know, okay, but how many guys are there? And Jason Bourne is, what is he doing? And it's all right mm-hmm. up in the... And uh, Glee was really bad about this. It was They filmed it like a music video, but in a bad way, where you would go, oh, so they're doing this kind of... Mo- oh, but we're over here now. Oh, there's that... There's- oh, but we're over here now. And you never really got to get a full scope of what that production number was. Moulin Rouge does that a lot, but Moulin Rouge's whole thing is chaos. The whole movie is mm-hmm. jumping all over the place, so I, I forgive it for that reason, sure. and I think it ultimately gets away with it because that's the style of the whole movie. Uh, a movie that does not get away with it, and here's a hot take, The Greatest Showman. Okay, okay. The Greatest Showman, uh, it is not one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is one of my least favorite movies of all time. <laughs> okay. If we're talking about personal, I, I really, really dislike that movie. And I think it really commits that, that sin in a big way. Because they have really gifted dancers. They've got Hugh Jackman, they've got Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. they got all these you know Broadway-grade performers. And they are jumping around in the choreography all the time. And it's filmed so frenetically, and it's edited so choppily. And you never know what's going on. The songs never relate to the action. They never say the characters' names. They're all, and they're probably was, this is probably intentional. They're like written to be radio hits that right. are then just kind of slotted into the movie, and they thematically relate. But that's about it. I think the songs are largely pretty bland. Um, Branch hot take. It was written by the guys who wrote Dear Evan Hansen. I don't like Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I hear a lot of people turning off their podcast players now. I don't think Dear Evan Hansen is terrible. I just don't think it's that special. Mm -hmm. Um, Musically, at least. And I think that uh, it's a great thing Greatest Showman continues that tradition. 
Which is a shame because Hugh Jackman is such a great musical performer, mm-hmm. and I want him to do more movies like that because I want him to be in these big bombastic showmanship right. things. And I just feel like this nerfed him a lot, and it just didn't really. I mean, sure, the, the story is terrible and all this other kind of stuff, but that's you know not relating to the musical elements of it. I just think it largely kind of falters. Um, because when you have uh, put in, when, when you have said we're going to make a musical and we're going to have this big dance number, you've 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 hired all these dancers, right? The these professional people, much like you've hired your stuntmen. Yeah, I want to see what they can do. It is, I mean, it is very much the uh, like you mentioned, Jason Bourne. How that? I mean, that's such a well done version of that. Sure, sure. Is this the, but, the first? Yeah. That, but yeah. the the well, I'm saying, but the, the that quick cam. Yeah philosophy became then how people film action because they, right. they realized this guy was doing it because it was this really cool interesting style that made you really like get into it and made it really intense yes yes we're gonna do it because it made money right and we can do it real easy yeah, <laughs> like we no, can, we can right. just sort of uh throw some cameras on the the action yeah yeah and yeah. not really have to worry about it too much and just be like oh well it's it's fine if this doesn't entirely match up with the next shot or whatever we can just sure, kind of sure. cut around it'll probably be yeah. fine um and so that kind of became you know, right. the style for a while. Um, yeah, and I think quite similarly with Moulin Rouge, it was a similar setup where they had this thing set up because it was supposed to be crazy. It was supposed to be frenzied and jumping all over. Like, the first time they go into, like, by 11 minutes into Moulin Rouge, you've heard about six different songs. Okay. Snippets of it. Literally, they, like, take a sip of absinthe, and then Kylie Minogue appears as a hallucination and goes, I'm the Green Fairy. And then it just, everything explodes. Okay. And, all right. And, and Ewan McGregor's character, Christian, is new to this this world, and so when he's in the Moulin Rouge and you have the, the cameras or the lensing is warped and it's we're leaping over here and you have old guys like snapping their fingers singing Smells Like Teen Spirit, mm-hmm. and you have Jim Broadbent doing a rap, essentially, mm-hmm. and then they're doing Lady Marmalade, like all this stuff is happening. It mirrors his experience, which is there's so much, now we're over here, now we're over there, and then psh- Nicole Kidman is going to sing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, and then back into the chaos. Mm-hmm. And it puts you into that place, much like Jason Bourne. And I think that people, someone I heard say that a Greatest Showman is like if Moulin Rouge threw up a, a G-rated version of itself. And I think <laughs> Greatest Showman probably went like, oh, they did all these quick cuts. We can do that too, yeah, yeah. and it'll work. And it it doesn't. Because I, I think back in the day when they were making musicals a lot more commonly, everyone knew how to make musicals. Because they were like, oh... You want to be an actor? Can you sing? Can you can you hoof, kid? That was just part. You had to be a triple threat to be in movies mm-hmm. because you were likely going to need to do that. And nowadays, it doesn't really matter. It's cool if you can dance and sing. Right. It's not really necessary. You know, it's just kind of like we'll fix it in post. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I I have heard it levied against the greatest showman that there is CGI dancing. I I can't confirm or deny, <laughs> but the person I saw it with, pretty staunch, was like, "There's CGI dancing in that movie. Why did that happen?" <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. Um, I just remember that when we saw it, it freaked out at the beginning. And I worked at the, I worked at the movie theater where we saw it, and I knew how to fix the problem. So I just like ran out of the theater, and went to the GM, and was like, "Hey, can you give me your keys? I'll run up and fix it." <laughs> and I just ran up, fixed the thing, ran back down to the movie, and Incredible. felt like an elegant king. Incredible, a true hero, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the last true hero. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't feel like one after the next two hours. <laughs> Uh, but like I should have just I should have just been like guys I don't know we all gotta go yeah, watch yeah, yeah, yeah. a disaster artist or whatever <laughs> um, but yeah it was uh, it, it's an interesting thing 
But I guess what I'm saying is back then, so the directors and, and also a lot of people were coming from vaudeville and theater to make movies. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not as as rote. It's not as common to make musicals, and so you just sort of find people. Can you do it? Are you famous enough? Can you kind of sing? All right, you're in. Mm-hmm. You do have a couple of directors who, who know how to do it, but not that many. I would say Rob Marshall largely knows how to do it, but he's got some some. He's made four musicals, and I would say he's about a 50-50 split gotcha. with me. And then you've got Kenny Ortega, who did Newsies, and he did the High School Musical movies. Right, right. Newsies, a movie that I get why it's ironic for a lot of people. That movie, if you want to, that movie films its choreography. Have you ever seen Newsies? Mm-hmm. Just watch the, 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 it's like two and a half, it's long, it doesn't need to be that long. You ever want to see Christian Bale sing and dance, though? Sure. That's the way to do it. He's actually mm-hmm. not a bad singer, and he's actually quite a good dancer, and they really know how to film their choreography. Mm-hmm. That you get the full scope of it. They really know what they're doing. Pitch Perfect. Whenever we do those movies, the riff off in the first Pitch Perfect movie, I think, is really beautifully filmed, and the finale of that, I think, is really well filmed. Um, and I think that now is just you have to find people who not only understand a musical but also love it. I, I was <laughs> recently rewatching Mary Poppins Returns, which I a movie that I think I've mentioned on the podcast how much I adore it. Uh, Rob Marshall, that's one of his. Okay, it's one of his 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 two that I, I have like. seen that one. Yes. Yeah, and it's a movie that I totally get. You know, comparison to the original, blah blah blah. I think as a musical, it's dynamite. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's so much love in the triple triple little light, fantastic. The yes. leery number. Yeah, yeah. There's so much joy just bursting out of mm-hmm. that number, and Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, <laughs> he's doing this great dance. It's big. Yeah, yeah. They're spinning torches. There's people on bikes for no reason, just mm-hmm. flipping mm-hmm. up and down. They're jumping up on. On lamps and everything. It's and his, I mean, it's it's the same. Um, it's the same idea as uh, Chim Cherry. Well, well, I'm saying he, he's oh. the guy in the Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's the same sure. thing where where he's just show, kind of showing up, and it's like, I love this. And it's yeah. like, why do you love this? I don't know. I do. Yeah, because he's bursting with <laughs> and, charisma. And he does it. And yeah, he does a great. Night. You know. Yeah. And they both are, and they both have that like, you're just a good guy, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're yeah. just a friendly boy. Mm-hmm. And and then there's a cameo later in Mary Poppins Returns that makes my heart super happy. Mm-hmm. But that number just, there's so much joy and love, not just from the performers, but it feels like from Rob Marshall, like, look at what they're doing. Because yeah. Rob Marshall got his start as a theater director and choreographer. He choreographed for, like, Damn Yankees in 94, and he directed the 98 revival of Cabaret, which is, like, totally changed the game on how people view Cabaret. Like, hmm. totally reinvented that show. Um, I mean, this is, like, real deal. This guy knows what he's doing. And I, I just felt I was so thrilled with Mary Poppins Returns because, you know, a year after I saw Greatest Showman, which I felt really didn't handle a thing that I love well, Mary Poppins Returns totally, totally knew what it was doing, knew how to build. Right. The second song in that movie is a very quiet, practically talk sung, non dynamic song that Ben Wishaw sings about having lost mm-hmm. his wife. It's so simple and so plain. Not plain in a bad way, but like just very pure. And I think Ben Wishaw in that movie is like, I mean, I could do a whole episode on why his performance is good. Mm-hmm. I think it is, technically speaking, a masterful performance just in terms of blending from one mood to the next. I think he's amazing. Because he has to do a lot of like, I'm angry and now I'm sad. And he layers it so well that it never feels sudden. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. he's amazing. And um, the way he plays that song is so gorgeous. And th- the fact that this movie went... We don't need to constantly be throwing spectacle at you. Mm-hmm. 
um, that's not how a musical works. A musical has an opening, and then we kind of gently carry you through it. Right. And then we build. I mean, again, it's an action movie. You, you, right. You have, uh, what's, a, what's a good action opener from recent years? Um, I mean, for the, for some reason, the first one that's coming to mind is Mission Impossible Two, where you you got Tom Cruise. He's he's jumping from cliff rocks, and he, even though I stuff there, really though. do not like that movie. Well, um, I, I, I could say though, some of these James Bond movies we've seen have had yeah, some yeah, good yeah, openers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Bond movies. jumping off. He's he's skiing and oh, then he Casino Royale, the or, parkour, yeah, yeah, Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the parkour scene, or I, I was thinking, um, uh, Spy Who Loved Me. He's, sure, he's skiing sure. off the cliff, and then yeah. the Union Jack flies out, and the music blares. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the same same idea. You do that, mm-hmm. and then you got to establish your plot, and you got to figure out where you're right. going with the movie, so you can kind mm-hmm. of back off and and establish and, character, you know, and, kind of kind of yeah, get a little quieter. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that you know the really great action movies know that it's about momentum, mm-hmm. and momentum isn't. I mean, Mad Max Fury Road works because it is nonstop. This yes. is it, but even it kind of a like uh, character yeah. moment. Yeah, but and it's still a build. I mean, and that's that's does, kind of a yeah. different thing too, where it's. It's building by taking advantage of the fact that it knows it's making you tense and like right, right. more and more wrapped up in the action yeah. as it goes on because it's getting more and more hectic and mm-hmm. sort of you know dire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the same idea of uh, you, you got to start lower than you finish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Generally, yes. I mean, one well, some of the best uh, action movies of recent years I think have been the John Wick movies and the Raid movies. Mm-hmm. There's only two Raid movies, or else I would really promote us doing those. Sure. Because they are. Have you ever seen the? Raid I have movies? not seen. I've heard them recommended many times. They're super good. Um, a guy grabs a guy's face and jumps backwards and impales his neck on like a charred remains of a of a, a splintered remains of a of a broken door. Good, good. It is crazy, and the, the I've watched a breakdown of how they did that stunt, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But and, and I think uh, Mary Poppins Returns had a great sense of momentum. And, and two days after I saw, two or three days after that, I saw um, Into the Spider-Verse, uh-huh. which you want to talk about momentum and fluidity and the way they film action sequences. I mean, man, that movie's incredible. Yes. And again, music. It's a, it's a, we, we might do an episode on that at some point, and it's, I rewatched that the other day, and like, gotcha. my face melted. I, need, I, I really need to. When I, 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 think I think I mentioned this before, but when I saw it in theaters, it was already like, like it's amazing that I that I didn't think oh well eh, that was that was all right mm-hmm. because by the time I saw it everyone had said it was the most amazing thing ever right and right. when I saw it it was like well yeah that was right like yeah, it just it, it, lived it, up to it that met right. my expectations yeah. so I need to see it again knowing like okay that's what that movie is now yeah. that I now it, I need to appreciate it it really held up for me you know Netflix will do that thing or at least if I'm, I imagine it does for everyone's interface but for mine where if you like hover over the movie yes. it starts playing a little thing they played the sequence where he makes his first jump yep. And then they have the shot of him where it's like he's going up into the skyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I must the, have like, watched trailer. Yeah. yeah, and I must have they had their plan that "What's Up, Danger" song. Mm-hmm. I must have watched that part six times in a row. <laughs> it's so gorgeous and it, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, but that, and that's the thing is the music is a big part of that because music is mm-hmm. tension and music is momentum mm-hmm. and music adds emotion. Um, and I, so, so Rob Marshall's other movie that I think he did really well was Chicago. Um, which is, uh, like I said, because it, it came out the year after Moulin Rouge and won Best Picture. It was the first live action, it was the first musical to be nominated for Best Picture since Beauty and the Beast. And the first musical to win Best Picture since 1968, when Oliver won. Mm. And I think Chicago is, is a mixed bag, but a mixed bag in the sense that most of it is candy, and then there's one piece of licorice, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, it's ultimately great. Because that movie has the cell block tango, and if you and and I will say this in Chicago, it's under two hours. 
All right. It maybe like by which I mean like hour fifty eight. It might right. be two o two, but I mean it's right around right, two right. hours. And it does not. It it trims all that fat straight off. It's hmm. like opening number. Dut dut dut. Do you know what's going on? Cool. Next number. Dut mm-hmm. dut dut. Next. No- it just you are right through that movie, which I appreciate. And it's a show that I have. I like the show just fine. I I find the opening all that jazz. I I don't think it's bad. I think it's annoying, <laughs> but it is perfect for that show. But that 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 movie has a even if you don't watch the whole movie, just look up Cell Block Tango. It's one of the best dance sequences I've ever seen on a movie. I won't go into detail too much, so I don't like spoil anybody mm-hmm. on. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. But later on in the movie, uh, Richard Gere plays Billy Flynn, who's a lawyer. He's like right. the slick huckster lawyer, and he has a. There, there's a. It's not even really a full number, but it's a sequence where he is supposedly he. It's it's when he is offering up his defense or whatever, and he is. The, it's intercut with footage of him tap dancing. The idea being he's tap dancing around the the other guy. Sure, great idea. Something they don't do. Something that a movie allows you to do that a show can't, mm-hmm. because they could. Which I mean, you could make it work in a play, but they can literally just cut to just foot. Because a lot of the musical numbers in that movie are supposed to be taking place in the main character's head. So they so she's in a jail, but then everything, all the musical numbers in this gorgeous dance hall kind of thing, and so you see him dancing and everything. But here's the problem. Richard Gere's not really a tap dancer. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of shots of Richard Gere from the waist up mm. and a lot of shots of a shadowy figure <laughs> tap dancing from behind or of the shoes. And because you can't... I mean, he, he does do a bit of the tap. I'm not saying he doesn't do any of it. Right. But he doesn't do all of it. And because of that, much like a stunt performer in a movie, they have to edit it very much so you can't tell it's yeah, not yeah. Richard Gere. Yeah. But I felt like that really interrupted that for me. Mm-hmm. Where I was like... I know I love what you're trying to do, but I, I'm not getting to really watch him tap dance. You're just sort of jumping like, here's his face, here's his shoes. But before you realize it's not him, here's his mm-hmm. face again. And it was just a little too crazy for me. I uh, I like my I, I don't I don't need musical numbers to be a static shot, right? But I need there to be some longer takes, mm-hmm. a nice flow. I think uh, Craig Gillespie beautifully shot the ice dancing sequences in I Tanya, and I can't remember who cut that movie, but like. Those, I think, are beautifully shot and, and have a beautiful sense of flow and momentum. And uh, uh, I think Chicago largely does a great job with mm. it. Not, but but that, is, that is the licorice in that, sure. in that candy right. bag for me where it's like <laughs> that so stands out as something not working. Um, otherwise, I think it's very good. The other two he made are Nine, which he tried to make too much like Chicago, but it is not Chicago at all. all <laughs> so right. he had to change it a lot, and he made Into the Woods. Which ah. I think is okay, but I think it's just a show that isn't really filmable, so it's mm-hmm. not really his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, he also directed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yeah. So his non-musical movies are one and one because he also <laughs> made Memoirs of a Geisha, which I like. Sure. And Pirates Four, which is Pirates Four. <laughs> Correct. He is also going to do the live-action Little Mermaid. So I need to. I don't know if I did this after we talked about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I need to do my like power rankings of series that I've just I'm just done with. Mm. Um, unless they do the my the the idea that I have been stumping for for probably probably a, a year now I don't know I'm, I, I may be wrong on that but I'm gonna claim I have been uh, which is that uh, they should specifically I, I don't know who owns all these rights but they should combine Back in the Future Alien Predator and right. Terminator right um, but uh, I, I'm I'm waiting for the check to land when they finally <laughs> do this. Uh, but the general like. Um, 
the Pirates franchise, the Terminator franchise, the Alien franchise, and the Predator franchise, which is kind of both, all of those have just like completely yeah. exhausted me. And sure, sure. At, at some point, I need to figure out how much they've all exhausted me because yeah, they're yeah. all bad at this point, and I don't know yeah. any more of any of them. And, and um, I would say all started off great. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. And all I, of those are basically like Alien. Has, I mean, I would say the first two, first oh, two yeah, Alien and Terminator yeah. movies. And oh then, yeah, I would um, say I would say Terminator goes up. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. And then um, the the first Pirates is oh, man. spectacular. I oh, mean, we've yeah. we've talked about all these. We're just uh, yeah. Quick plug for the rest of the, the other <laughs> Our what the podcast normally does. Yeah, when I wasn't here for Pirates, but um, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I love the first. You Pirates should probably movie. be okay that you you weren't if you <laughs> haven't seen the fourth and fifth because now you never. Have oh, to. I, I haven't seen the fifth. Okay, well, yeah, I've seen the first four. It's it's not even that it, it, it's again the it's that's what all these franchises have in common is that none of these were like points where I mean I probably gave at least a few of these F minuses from, sure. <laughs> but none of these were hitting points where it was like man this is the worst movie I've ever seen it's just like just stop and, I'm done and who wants this still? yeah I, who is I still which those are all franchises where we're like we Alien we will still go see Alien yes. I I got to see Alien a theater in town was running it uh, this is year or two ago and so i already seen it but like Alien on the big screen mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. works uh, Tyler, Alex and I we all saw Aliens together mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. setup it was amazing and like I will totally watch T2 again let's go man yeah, yeah, yeah. but like and Pirates 1 no kidding yeah but by, it's just like I can't even if one came out that was great I'd be like well yeah I mean, and I maybe. do I have a decent feeling about uh, Terminator uh, dark, something Dark Fate Dark Fate yeah. I was going to say Dark Genesis, and I'm like, no, I mean, that's... Genesis was the <laughs> other... Uh, it's not Dark Phoenix. That's that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely uh, not not a stellar um, yeah. mark on, on Rob Marshall's... Uh, no. <laughs> and he's and I, I wonder how he got those gigs, because... <laughs> it's a very strange collection. Yeah, because he, it's sort of, he's... It's a, almost an, an anti-Koran. Uh, right. <laughs> Cause he's a, yeah, it really though it is. Because he was a theater guy, so I totally get why he did Chicago. But then it's like, did he just really love Memoirs of a Geisha? <laughs> now Pirates might have been a Disney contract thing with okay. Into the Woods because they come hmm. on not not like right next to each other, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe it was like maybe he said, "Hey, I really want to do Into the Woods," and they were like, "Okay, but you got to make Pirates Four or something." <laughs> we need somebody. To, no one, no one else is going to do it. They're all done. <laughs> We we shockingly can't get Doug Lima or whatever, <laughs> Doug Lyman. You know, we did, Rupert Gould won't do this. Like we just we need someone to do this. So like it's you, bud. Um, but now he's like doing musicals again, and and that was why I was so concerned about Mary Poppins Returns because I was like, your last two man, I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling it. And then I went, never mind, you nailed it. This is sure. this is amazing. Because um, it's a, it it is a hard thing to do to make a movie musical. It's a hard. And it's even harder to adapt a movie musical right. because you are taking something that was written to be performed live in front of people with three walls and a fourth wall that is invisible. You are design; it, it is not written to be made into a, a close movie. It can be done. West Side Story, amazing. Um, Evita, I think, super good. This stuff exists. I think the, a lot of the best movie musicals, though, tend to be original ones. Mary Poppins again. Uh, I am a staunch defender of La La Land. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to talk about that because I, yeah. I I do think there is something to be said 
about the fact that something that I think is the only thing that really tarnishes that for me because I, I mm-hmm. also really liked it. Yeah, um, is the uh, the fact that I feel like there's not as much music throughout. Yes, yes. Um, which I'm sure you have more to speak on than I sure. do. Sure, but uh, it does kind of feel like it's it's hard. I, like obviously it is a musical, but I kind of almost don't think of it as that I know, because I know what you mean. You know, know what you mean. you've got a couple of, of excellent songs, but they're all sort of different tones in yeah. a lot of ways, and, and so, you know, large. Spaces of time. Yeah, yeah. Between the them. the story itself is very engaging, but the the yes. momentum of each kind of song doesn't really right. necessarily flow through. I I agree. I think that and and just disclaimer: the biggest problem people have with it is the way it handles jazz and white people. Mm-hmm. This isn't the podcast where we would talk about. I mean, if we were doing an episode on it, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm just talking about it as a movie musical, mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. about that. And I think, and I've only seen it once when we sure. when we all saw it. And I distinctly remember at the end, Alex looking at me going, you've never been happier, have you? Because I probably looked like just like, is, a, like a puppy or right, something. Right, right. I was at this, oh and, my god. Which is to say, none of, none of this is to dismiss criticisms of, no. of any of that. No, um, absolutely. Simply saying, I don't... For right now, we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's all totally valid. It's just something like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be like, you know what? That is such a different type of conversation. Right, right. Let's table that and, and focus on the musical element of it, which I think is it's, is very true. It is it is a musical. It's almost more about musicals and so like Cabin in the Woods is about horror movies, right? right. It's kind of like that. These characters do sing, but it's not super common in the movie. Even like 1776, where there's like 45 yes. minutes of no music, yeah, yeah. then there's a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, La La Land is is, a, is it's an interesting one where. Kind of opposite to Greatest Showman. I know a lot of theater people who loved it. I know a lot of theater people who hated La La Land, <laughs> and I love La La Land. And I think it's, I love La La Land as a cinematic experience mm-hmm. because it is so transportive visually, and it is such a beautiful callback to these old NGM musicals. I think Ryan Gosling in a comedy is super engaging. Mm-hmm. I find him so charming and interesting and funny. And Emma Stone, I mean, just try not to fall in love with her in that movie. True, and like. <clears throat> They're so great together, but I do think it, it falters a little bit from the like. It's almost a bit of a shrinking violet when it is a when it hits those musical numbers. I think those musical numbers are charming. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they are amazing. Right. The lovely night when they're dancing together. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like is it looks so good, mm-hmm. and they're so great together. But it is, and this was I think the, the large complaint a lot of my theater friends had was they're not really great dancers or great singers. Mm-hmm. They can do both. I mean, Emma Stone's been on Broadway, but they're, they're neither, neither of the, it, this is not an Anna Kendrick and a Ewan McGregor. Right. This is not, you know, whatever. Apparently the original team was going to be Emma Watson and Miles Teller, so we still got a better version. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, whatever you think about Emma Stone singing, she's a better singer Although, than Emma Watson. I want to know, I want to see that. I, I, want, I want that version of Broadway. I would, much like they have the footage of the original Tin Man before he got replaced doing mm-hmm. If I Only Had Heart. I would like to see, like, the test footage of, right, right, right. of, of uh, Whiplash. It almost, that almost sounds like a, uh, um, I, I feel like there are examples, like, I think the MCU has probably done this before where mm. they release, like, fake test footage of, oh, yeah. you know, it's, they, they get some cameo of people to come in and be like, oh, yeah, sure. you're trying for Spider-Man and someone who right, doesn't. Right, right. Or, yeah. Conan, Conan does that bit a lot, too, where some people are auditioning, quote-unquote, yes. for whatever. I'm sure it was probably something, yeah, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's a beautiful looking movie I think it's really well directed technically speaking I think the songs are fine I think they both sound fine it's music that is clearly written to be within their comfort zone mm-hmm. um, 
So I will compare that to Moana with Dwayne Johnson. Lin-Manuel Miranda, again, wrote You're Welcome, and apparently the way he did that, and Dwayne Johnson sounds great in that movie. Yes. Apparently the way he... Dwayne Johnson, apparently, when he was a wrestler, would do this thing where he'd get a guitar and, like, sing it, like, everyone in Cleveland sucks, or whatever, mm-hmm. to, like, when he was being a heel. Mm-hmm. And so, apparently, Lynn would just, like, listen... Lynn, because I know him so well. He, uh, <laughs> my boy, Lynn. Yeah, my, my old friend. He would listen to that, and he would go, okay, it sounds like his range is about from here to here. Because mm-hmm. he's a genius, apparently, and yeah. can just tell that. <laughs> I mean... Good Lord, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh. And then he, he, would, he wrote, you're welcome... In his range. And I feel like what he did was like, I want to show, because you're not a singer-singer, mm-hmm. like a Louis Cravajo who sung as Moana and right. what a voice. <laughs> I mean, so incredible. Oh, Lord. Uh, best performance on the Oscars that year was just her standing there singing this yes. amazing song. Yes. But he, he, he went, okay, you're not a, a full singer, but I want to show people what you can do. So I'm going to write this song that's really flattering. And I think in La La Land it was almost like, Let's not show them what you can't do. Let's keep yeah. you here. And it was a little more. So I think those songs feel a little more timid uh, compared to "You're Welcome," which sounds more confident and more like, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's let's let's." This guy can kind of sing. Let's have fun with that. Let's really go for it. And this was like, yeah, they can kind of sing. So let's kind of keep it around and here. Right, right. And um, I still think and they sound fine. The difference you know? being. You give Dwayne Johnson one really fun yes. song, right, right? And then you have someone else who can really belt it. And yeah, really carry the musical carry, do score, the, do the right. actual musical part. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, whereas Gosling and Stone have to carry the whole movie. Yes, yeah. And, and I think that it's it's one that I, I, I'm hesitant to watch it again because it's, it's that fear of like, what if I don't like it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to like it. Yeah. I, and I think well, and, and we're talking about the music. Their actual performances are, are excellent. oh, they're so. they are really good in the, just as actors. They're yeah. great in that movie. And uh, that 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 look he gives her when she says "play Iran" at the party, and he's just like, <laughs> like Gosling is such a great comedic performer. Yes. I don't know yes. why he has any more comedies. He's so funny. Um, yeah, th- that's one that like I, I totally. I, I think people are a little too harsh on it from the musical standpoint. Uh, I think it just it suffered from being mm-hmm. overhyped and becoming this big awards darling and everything. I get it, but like I think there's some real charm in that. Yeah. Um, of, of, of the recent movie original musicals, I, I definitely prefer that in Greatest Showman. Right. But also, though they are totally different things, mm-hmm. so I get why one would be your cup of tea. Quick, quick side note off of this, um, because yeah. of this, this was another movie that I saw fairly recently. It's not really a musical. It'd probably be more along the lines of your Pitch Perfect sure, category. Sure. Um, but That Thing You Do. Oh, uh, yeah. By, I gotta watch that. Yeah, basically. Talk I, about I, an I think, earworm, man. Yeah, that that, yes, that, that the, Thing the You Do song. song. Oh, um, man. Which is, I believe it was directed by Tom It Hanks. was. He directed it, yes. yeah. Um, and that was actually like a huge inspiration for um, Damien Chazelle. Oh, and, really? Like, it's, yeah. Interesting. Um, and he, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Basically, there's an interview where he's like, oh, yeah, I, I really love that. And you can tell, like, if you watch the movie, you're like, this yeah. feels a lot. It's, it's. I mean, it's it's probably a more more lighthearted, more feel-good sure. movie. Sure. Than, I mean, it definitely is. Than La La Land. But it, it covers a lot of the same themes of, like, you're, you're dealing with the... It, it For anyone who's not familiar with it, it's like a... Period piece. It was. It came out. Is it the ninety six or ninety seven? Yes. Yeah. And so it's like a period piece about like a a, a Beatles type band right. in the sixties mm-hmm. um, who become like one hit wonders. Who become yeah one hit wonders. And the idea is that like it, we're following this band as they're kind of you know trying to struggle with their newfound fame and yeah, you know, they've yeah. got this one song and they're trying to branch out and all that stuff. Um, and there's a lot of the same themes of balancing the 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 desire for music versus the you know 
personal lives and everything like that. Right. Um, yeah. And the actor yeah. for that actually, uh, the the main guy who apparently is named Tom Everett Scott. Yes. Yes. Um, he is the guy that um, Emma Stone ends up with in La La Land. Wow. Yeah. And I so that and that was what that. made me. And I had a, so now I, after I watched that movie, yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, that guy looks familiar the whole time. And I looked him up and I was like, oh. Oh, that's him. Oh, that's cool. And there was, a, there was an interview cool. with Damon Chazelle where he was talking about how, how much he really loved that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, that uh, specifically, like, he found out that they could get him. And he was like, can we, can we do that? Yeah, oh, yeah. That great. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I, I mean, I've been wanting to watch it anyway, but now I definitely have yeah, yeah. to. That's cool. Very, uh, neat, neat little thing. Because I feel like that's, that's not a movie that people really... No. But that no, is a movie a that my, my parents have always uh, been kind of obsessed with. There, there's, a, there's a great scene where they first hear their uh, song on the radio mm. for the first time. And that's and I feel like I don't know I don't know how like I don't think anybody kind of in our generation it's really on their radar that movie, but yeah, that's a, that's a movie that I, I very highly recommend because cool. it's you know if, if any if you knew it from anything you know it from that scene right but if not definitely I would recommend going watch it yeah I, I I've listened to the song a million times the title song yeah which is called that thing you do which is tons of fun mm-hmm. it's such a good song and it, and it it it's so weird because like that's not the only song they make for the movie sure, either sure. and they're all so perfect for that kind of era gotcha. of, like they all sound like that right that's <laughs> yeah, awesome that's very cool. yeah and i think yeah maybe la la and that was a complaint people had is did it really sound like that or i don't know sure it, i i was very much enchanted by that movie mm-hmm. enchanted another movie musical that i think is super good and amy adams i think is someone who i guess that is a musical isn't yeah it? i guess i've never really thought of it that way yeah I, i've always quite enjoyed that it's so well. much fun yes. i would love for her to do more musicals uh, i think she's super gifted has james marsden done anything better than that when you when you really think about it I mean, Westworld. Aside, aside from the uh, true, true, yeah. true, I was gonna say aside from that one, uh, that one Taco Bell commercial, which is excellent. oh, sure. <laughs> I don't which know. is not even yeah. like a, none of this is like a hit on James Marsden. No, it's just no. Like he, I think he's got a weird he thing. Has an interesting he, career. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really get into it. But yeah, Westworld, I guess is. He also though, why are we not all talking about him all the time? He's really good. He's super handsome. Yeah, yeah, like he yeah. can. Yeah. He's it's really we, great. It's, he's one of those that should. I mean, that's that's why it was hilarious in that that one commercial because it's yeah. like. This is a guy who you feel like should probably be more famous and like yeah. should, should it, I don't know. Oh, he's amazing! You know, so much exactly fun and enchanted. Him, but, um, and Patrick Dempsey's really good in that. Yes, too. yes, I really liked him in that. And Adina Menzel's in there. Uh, is she? Yeah, she's uh, Dempsey's wife. Is she? Re- yeah. I, you said you said Adina Menzel's in there, because you you had mentioned the other three main right, ca- right. main people in the cast, and I was like. I wonder who played that. And the, wow, that's I need to go see yeah, that movie. That crazy? That's amazing. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. It I, is. It is a ton of fun. I think, and that one kind of has gone under the radar of mm-hmm. like the recent Disney movies. Which is another thing. I think um, animated musicals are are still pretty solid. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's that like golden age there in the '90s. Sure. You know, I think I, I will say I well, think Frozen is a I, I a planet Earth got tired of Frozen because you couldn't get away from it. Um, <laughs> sure. But at the same time, it's a very good musical. Yes. Because it was uh, uh, Robert Lopez and his uh, wife, Kristen Anderson Lopez, wrote the score. And Robert Lopez uh, co-wrote the scores to Avenue Q and the Book of Mormon. Hmm. Uh, Book of Mormon, which I would think would, which was written by the South Park guys. Yeah. So I was like, oh boy, here, here we go. Yeah, what's this going to be like? Yeah. Turns out, it loves being a musical. Mm-hmm. Those guys are such theater nerds. Like, the South Park movie, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Mm. Pretty good musical. Huh. The, uh, Satan <laughs> has a song called "Up There." Pretty good song. Like it's because it, it, much like Book of Mormon, has so much joy about musicals and leans into the tropes and everything mm-hmm. and makes fun mm-hmm. of it, but in the most loving way. Right, right. And so, Book of Mormon is a really, really great show that 
you would at first think, oh, is this just going to be like making fun of Broadway the whole time? Is, it like, no. is this like the scary movie, disaster right, movie right, of... Right, right. No, it is a parody that loves <laughs> the thing that it's... it's it is the most loving. That, that is fascinating that that's the same person as this person. Completely. And yeah. I feel like in general that's – because Frozen really, I think, brought that back because, the, you know, you're, you're talking about the, the golden age of the 90s where, you yeah. know, all the Disney you, – you associated the Disney movies, animated movies with your big popular song. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, the, sure. Whole this, New World. There's the headliner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, then, you you know, you kind of go into that dip where they – I mean, I guess they really get away from the musicals if you think they about do, it. That's true. With like Atlantis and, and um, I mean, Her- Treasure Planet. Hercules is Hercules has a little like bit, one or but two. not yeah. Tarzan. It's all of it is uh, except for the trash in the camp. <laughs> sure, uh, is all it's, it's soundtrack. Yes, it's not a not musical. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, true, true. And so then you you get into this this stage where they're not really doing that. And then the Pixar kind of comes out of the scene where they're not really doing musicals. Right. So right. like you, yeah. And I, I guess I haven't really thought about that. Like yeah. it's it's really a frozen. Yeah, and they had danced and it, with well, it. Well, I guess Tangled came out. Tangled before. and Princess and the Frog. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thing about Tangled is I think Tangled is a great movie. I don't think it's a great musical. Interesting. Um, I don't think none of the songs are really that great. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Tangled. I think it's uh, wonderful. Sure. Uh, maybe my most... Okay, so Alan Menken, great composer, the Disney composer, all this big, great stuff, uh, who also did the music for Newsies and Little Shop of Horrors, as I said. Uh, Howard Ashman was his writing partner. Uh, he did his lyricist, and he passed away, I think, during Aladdin, while they were working on mm. Aladdin. And so Tim Rice, one of my favorite lyricists, came on to help finish that score, which is why. And I think he, I think he wrote a whole new world, and maybe like parts of a, of a friend right. like me. And then Tim Rice was the guy for a while. Tim Rice did the lyrics to Lion King, and I think he worked on uh, maybe something else. Well, no, because after that, Stephen Schwartz started coming in. The guy who wrote Wicked mm. uh, co-wrote uh, for Pocahontas and I think Hercules uh, and something else. Um, Mulan, or Mulan, just Mulan, was a completely different t- pair of people. Right. And I really like the score to Mulan. It's, it's a completely different pair. But Alan Menken lately has been writing with a guy called Glenn Slater, who I think writes his very bland lyrics mm. and is just kind of like, oh, there's Glenn Slater. And, and he did lyrics for Tangled, so I think that was part of it. I was like, mm. this is okay. But as a movie, I think Tangled is a ton of fun. And I like Princess and the Frog. But then Frozen is a, again, it's a genuine musical. There's like yep. every nine minutes there's a song. Right. And there's different kinds of music. The biggest problem it commits is that Jonathan Groff plays Kristoff, does not sing enough. And Jonathan yeah. Groff is a this Broadway was, so, star. So this was something I wanted to, t- to touch on, actually, because the other day, so I, I'm not, I'm like nowhere in this this show, but I was watching Mindhunters, and I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd caught up. Right, I had watched like, not cut up. I had watched like three episodes a long time ago. I thought, oh, this is a cool show. And then, as I do with many Netflix shows, did not watch a single other episode. And so I was yeah. finally, new season came out. People were talking about it. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get back into that. I remember that being a cool show. Yeah. And watched watched an episode, and as I'm watching it, I see Jonathan Groff, who I knew from the the credits for the um, uh, King George scenes. In yes. Hamilton yeah. from the soundtrack. And so like I saw that, and I was like, that's that's not the same guy, is it? And then looked it up, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And he's Chris. Oh my gosh! Like he, that was yeah. a. He got his start on Broadway. His big break was Spring Awakening with Leah Michelle, and then she got him on Glee, and then yeah. he now is Mindhunter and came back to Broadway to do Hamilton, which you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he originated King George and Hamilton. Well, I don't know if he originated. He did it on Broadway. I think Brian Darcy James originated it. Interesting. And he, uh, 
you know, is now it, it's crazy. And now he's Kristoff and he didn't sing enough. Sure. He barely sung. So hopefully they, the sequel will fix sure. that. My other my other thing that I hope the sequel fixes is that the Frozen begins with uh it's it's Welly or Vole. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's yeah. like this uh sort of choral uh yeah. track that just like is is playing um and then you kinda get into the, the there's the really cool like ice yeah like the trash kind of thing uh yeah mm-hmm. um and so there's a couple like really intense cool like like that 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 opening song gives me just like chills like it's just sure. so cool like it's it's a really neat sort of um i don't know enough musical terms to describe no but i know i know exactly what you mean though yeah and i completely and, agree um and the, the i mean the, obviously the music for the rest of the movie is great but it doesn't really it, carry on is, that yeah, tone and yeah. the trailer for frozen 2 where she's... I don't know if you've seen this. I haven't yet, actually. Uh, well, you have to have to check it out. Yeah, it looks really, really good. I mean, if nothing else, the animation is amazing. Sure. Um, but she's she's like running down... Or run, she's stuck on a beach, and um, she's trying to run, like, making ice as she steps mm. on the waves to try and get out. And there's, like, this storm coming in, and yeah. she's trying to get out on the waves. And, and it's using, like, that kind of... That same style of music. Okay. And so I really want to see some more of that. It's, yeah, it's for pl- sure. It's, it's looking... Or, like, the trailer is definitely trying to put, like, a darker tone out there. Yeah. I still don't know if I buy that's, yeah. that's at all where we're going to end up. But maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah, some, yeah, of the, yeah. some of the old Disney movies, you know, got went, went to some weird places. So, you yeah. know, maybe we'll get the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, Clayton gets hanged. Scar gets eaten by his own henchmen. Sure. Like, sure. some stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I remember when I saw Frozen... I was thinking with my aforementioned ex and her little sister, and we we're watching it, and that started up. Mm-hmm. And I think my ex must have seen me like react, and she went, "I knew you would like this. <laughs> I knew you would like this because I love that kind." Of, I mean, I went through this whole phase where I loved like Celtic music and folk music mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And she was like, "Yeah, this would be. I, I know yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. You would love this." Like, uh huh. I'll never <laughs> let this go. Um, but yeah, I it's I think it's a really genuinely well done movie, and and animation is something that. You have total control over yes. your character's ability to dance. Yeah. So it's like I really wouldn't forgive an animated movie for filming stuff badly, and I can't <laughs> think of any that do. No. Um, they also don't do as many dance numbers because there's they do so much more. It's less well, it's less impressive when you're like, oh well, yeah, you it's can a cartoon. Just, you can just yeah. make them move the legs. It's fine. You know, yeah, of like, course they can do yeah. that, right? Which is why I, I got to see Lion King, the touring production. Lion King is like, I mean, it's one. It's practically a cliche at this point. It is an otherworldly experience, though, mm. seeing the stage version of that. Hmm. It's, 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 I mean, I, there, I, I really can't describe it. It is just goosebumps, and, like, you feel it so deep in you. It is such a powerful, mm-hmm. visceral experience. Um, they added a few songs that I think are okay, uh, but they also added a lot of songs that are much more, like, traditional, like, African songs, or African-style right. songs that fit so beautifully and there's a few like Zazu has like a Brit British patter song yeah, kind of thing yeah. and Scar has a whole thing there, there's some stuff that's a little a little musically mm-hmm. that is not quite as in sync with everything but just visually it is it is like the the the, the way they do uh, Mufasa greeting or coming into the clouds and everything is like just melts your face hmm. it looks incredible and again watching a you know you can watch a movie and be like, okay, how's the CGI and blah, blah. Watching yeah. this being like, they did that with paper and yeah. felt and lighting. And this mm-hmm. is just creativity. Like, it's it's extraordinary. Huh. Uh, yeah, it is it is an otherworldly thing. To go to a really good play, like, mm-hmm. is amazing. Going to a really bad play is also pretty otherworldly <laughs> in a very different way. Um, 
but yeah, I see cats. What? Nah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and see that. I mean, I've already done my rant on it, but mm-hmm. that that's just such a bonkers one. That and again, I, it's I, really not. And, and that's the. I mean, I think I mentioned this when we had a rant about it on whatever episode that was. Yeah, probably that was, James Bond movie. Yeah, it um, was. It was. Uh, but it was never said ever again. Yes, it was. Uh, the like the point of the show is the costumes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. If Costume nothing else, makeup, yeah. you've got these really cool, intricate, weird cat costumes. Yeah. And you're watching these, and the, and the dancers are great. And so you're watching yeah. these dancers go around, do all sorts of crazy stuff. And you're kind of like, I don't know what's happening. Right. And the music There's is no strange. Yeah. Uh, sometimes great, but sure, also very stuff. strange. Um, and the names don't make any sense, and I, I'm oh, not following super at all. Weird. It's very, 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 very weird. Um, but at least that production is there. And so that's, right. and then you look at the trailer for the new Cats movie, and it's like, why? Yeah, this is not translate. I gotta say, so they, the the best way I think to to adapt a stage show to a screen, do a professional film, like film a professional production. Yeah, Into the Woods, nineteen the original Broadway production. There's a filmed like not booed like they film. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. It's amazing. It is like the gold standard for for that. <laughs> there's one of the Sweeney Todd with Angela Lansbury. A lot of Sondheim shows have been taped. Um, there's there's one of Sunday in the Park with George. I've fashion. I've heard there is, or I, I think they've said that they they have filmed the original cast of Hamilton. I think so. And yeah, no, no, who knows what they're going to do with that, or no, if no. It, they ever will. I, I assume at some point it will be released after, yeah. probably to revive interest. If, if sure, sure, to, if it ever slumps. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know there's one of um, they recently did a production of She Loves Me with Zachary Levi. And uh, Laura Benanti. That is, I actually got to watch it on the internet. Uh, there's a Broadway streaming service that uh, <laughs> I think it's called Broadway HD, and they they put that up there and I watched it. It was super good. It was <laughs> a lot of fun because that's you get the full a really well filmed one. You still get that feeling of being in the theater, right? And they know right. how to film it and the, the scope of everything is great. And you and that is really like theater. It's not just like you sit the camera in front. No, of yeah, the stage exactly. It's not like a, a home video yeah, of a production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the, the tape I have of me in Music Man, which is, it's a great tape, but, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, zoom in, whoa, zoom out, <laughs> you know? It's, which, of course, it is. It's home video. But it's it's done with a lot of polish, and um, I think that's the way you should do it. There's one of those of Cats where they didn't film it with an audience because <laughs> the end of the woods, when, and it's all, that's, the other, that's the other great thing is it's with an audience. So you hear them laughing at the jokes, right. and you, you're really a part of it. But Cats, they, like, got a soundstage, but they still filmed the production of it. Right. And... I've watched some clips mm. after watching the trailer. I watched some clips of that again on YouTube. And it, 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 everything you just said, but that makeup is really yes. good. It's really impressive. Like just from a, the way that like Norbit got an Oscar nomination for makeup, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> just from a perspective of like you did that to someone's face. Like yes, it's really really well done. Um, so I yeah, totally check those out because it's also I think everyone should see Cats or see some. <laughs> I agree. Just, I kind of. And it's such a strange thing. I, there's a part of me that's almost like maybe this is the right. Maybe this is okay that everyone's going to be going to experience cats. Yeah, in yeah. this form. But it's so when it, crazy when everyone's going to be mm-hmm. so confused and then just have more confusion and possibly revulsion yeah. on top of yeah. it. Like, maybe that's right. Maybe that's yeah. how this should be. Maybe. <laughs> and, and of all the musicals that they could possibly goof up, that's fine. That's <laughs> no, totally fine. That's the most entertaining one to goof up. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, I will see that. Probably with a huge smile on my yes. face. I'm like, yeah. this is what I, I will either like it or it'll be crazy. Like, I, right. whatever, man. Right. Let's go. Yeah, because they, uh, there's a lot of shows out there that they want to film. They, they've been talking about doing a Wicked movie since it came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. If it's, it's rights or casting, 
I mean, all the rumors. There was a rumor for a while that it was going to be Britney Spears and Demi Lovato. <laughs> I think that was just to make that was why, some troll. Why did that not make I know, it? Right? That's, I'm I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I, I go, what? <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. you're. I don't think we're on the same page. Here. I want that. <laughs> and, and it's just such a. That's amazing. They filmed. I mean, you mentioned the last five years, or you said the last five years. <laughs> I mentioned it. Which is a musical that I love, and they filmed it with Anna Kendrick and Jim, Jeremy hmm. Jordan, um, or they made a movie of it. So the thing about the last five years, uh, and and if you got, if you're a theater person, this might be a good time to get some milk or an orange while I explain the plot to Tyler. <laughs> so last five years is a two person musical. The uh, the here comes the sequel approved snack. <laughs> exactly. Here's your snack, snack break. Uh, Ding. Milk. <laughs> orange. Alex is. We would also know. we would also accept orange juice and uh maybe a baby bell uh, so you know it's it's as long yeah, as exactly <laughs> are those just literally a wheel of cheese you can eat yes i like have string from... cheese but a disc it's fascinating so let's talk about baby because i've seen it's, the commercials it's, for this and i'm like what I, you... I had not had one until very recently and so what it is is that it's you've got this cheese and it's it's in it's in a wax container and there's probably people who are like why are you why are you confused by this this is like the most normal like so right. many people eat these but I had never had one before, and I was yeah. very confused. And it's like you, you got this this wheel of cheese that's inside of a wax sure. casing, and you you peel like there's a middle like peel away yeah, 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 thing yeah. A tab, the, yeah, yeah, a tab that you peel for the you know to pop it off, and then you take half or like it half of it opens up, and you've just got this this wheel of cheese that you just kind of eat. It's like it's like string cheese. I mean, sure, a, but in wheel form. But it's in wheel form. Yes. I don't know why it's so hard for me to it's wrap weird. my mind around. It's, that. It is weird. I agree. It's weird that I think it's weird. I don't think it is. But I do think it's weird. It's but like, it's also the Here Come the Sequels approved snack it is. of the week. Yeah. I will say Alex has got up to get another Mai Tai. Well, you know, <laughs> actually, Alex didn't get up for anything. Alex called to Eduardo right. to bring him another Mai Tai. Britain, that's incredibly offensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> he called to Edward. Joseph. To Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> and Joseph was like, get it yourself. And then Alex got up. I was <laughs> like, okay. I just like the idea of Alex like lounging like with the sunglasses, like beckoning someone to bring him a, a mai tai. Uh, I like so the good. idea of doing that, and then no one, <laughs> there's no one there. Oh. I also like that we have now assigned him margaritas, martinis, and mai tais to drink. Oh, he, he's, island he's, time. Alex, is, you know, knows no bounds. He is just out there. He will only watch three kinds of movies. He will drink every kind of island drink. <laughs> island time, Alex. Man, he is in deep in Margaritaville. Uh, <laughs> Some people say there's a woman to blame. I know it's nobody's fault. Um, but so the last five years, now they're back from the snack break. <laughs> well, now they've got a. It's fine. Now they're it's all they're, they're distracted. Yes. Yeah. So the last five years is a show. It's a two-person musical of alternating solos. It opens with uh, Kathy singing about this relationship has ended and she's still hurting. That's the name of the song. Still hurting. The second song is Jamie at the at, at their first date. Mm-hmm. The second song, or the third song, is Kathy, a little bit before the end. So it's basically alternating mm. between the two of them. His telling he, he tells the relationship from the beginning, and she tells hmm. it from the end. So you get not, don't only get two timelines, but you get two perspectives. And they only meet on stage in the middle of the show at the proposal. Hmm. And even that begins with him saying, like, the ideas are on a boat, and they're looking at these statues in New York, and he's like, that one's John Lennon. No, that's Jerry Seinfeld. That's so-and-so. And then he starts singing to do the proposal, and they sing together and all this. And the end, she's like, who is that? Is that our Garfunkel? Hmm. Well, can we go to the museum? So then she's filling it. It's, I mean, it's wow. amazing. And then they're, at, they're on stage at the end of, because the end of the show is a duet. But they're, like, sep- they're staged, you know, apart right, from each right. other, because... 
she's singing about, I just met this amazing guy, and he's singing like, it had to end. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a very somber musical, but is so amazing. Wow. The original production, it never hit Broadway. It was always off-Broadway. It was Norbert Leo Butts, who's been in a ton of movies. He's on he's on Fosse Verdon. He was in Bloodline. I mean, you've, you've seen him in something. And uh, Sherry Renee Scott, both are like musical theater dynamos at the top of their game. I mean, mm-hmm. this is like both of, uh, for me, both of their best performances. And uh, Norbert Butts was the original Fiero in Wicked. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, he's, it, it's really gorgeous. And, but I believe they sing essentially to no one, you know, like she comes like in the songs that are directed at the other one, right, right. they're essentially singing to an empty space or that person's in shadow or something. Right. So it's very much a theater experience and it's, you know, very small orchestra, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I think maybe like 12 songs told I me mean, it's not a long, mm-hmm. it might be kind of a long show, but I mean, it's, it's not the two-disc epic that Hamilton yeah, is. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. And it's just this very beautiful, and it is a gorgeous job of showing how this relationship doesn't, like why it does work and also why it mm. didn't, why, why it worked, why it, why it started and why it didn't finish, why it right, ended the way right. it did. And how they're both flawed but both likable and it's just perfect. But I believe in the movie they have them actually singing to each other Hmm. Which raises all these questions about, so then are they just monologuing at someone and the other person's just listening? And mm-hmm. there's some narrative changes that I'm not crazy about. Like, it's the kind of thing that eventually I want to see. I've listened to a little bit, and Anna Kendrick sounds great, because mm-hmm. of course she does. And I'm sure Jeremy Jordan sounds really good. I'm just like, I'm so locked into the show. I'm like, I just feel like as a movie, it, it wouldn't be hard to film because it's, you could, to- it's like a low, it's an indie movie. It's a low budget because yeah. you could totally do it that way. But, you know, the you, theater you have not a limited scope, but you I mean you have again if, it, if it's a, if it's a room you've ripped out one of the walls to watch it, mm-hmm. but a movie is all about the full three sixty, and you I don't know I feel like it relies so much on that perspective, but in a movie like filling everything in is I feel like that would almost not cheapen it, but it would, it would change the power of that mm-hmm. because when you see a character singing to no one you don't get that character's reaction so you get but you get the full force of what this person is feeling yeah. entirely what jamie's feeling and you're going no you're totally wrong or you're right or you're really what is both it's it's a beautiful show and also the music is just really good um like the second song that was first date is literally just him singing about how happy he is that she's not jewish because <laughs> he's jewish and he's been he has a thing where he he literally uh, rambles off like I've been waiting through Danica Schwartz and Erica Weiss and the Handelman twins and Annie Minkus and Karen Pinkus or, and Annie Greenblatt, Heather Minkus, Heather Greenblatt, Annie Minkus, Karen Pinkus and Lisa Katz and Stacey Rose and Ellen Kaplan, Julie Silber and Janie Stein. He lists off all of these <laughs> Jewish names and he's like, but the, but like the song is called Shiksa Goddess and he's like, my mother is, is I'm breaking my mother's heart and all this stuff and it's not working out. But you, you're not, I don't care if you're a vampire. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's so funny and, and bombastic. But then you get to these, like, incredibly, like, moving. It's, it's a really, really great show. And so that's one that I'm like, I get why you would film it. But also, I don't, just creatively speaking, I don't know that yeah. it would work. And maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. I mm-hmm. might see it and love it. But uh, it's, it's a Trick. little trickier. Um, because I, I, the movie musicals that I tend to love the most tend to be, like, the animated ones or, like, 
Uh, I really enjoyed Reefer Madness, the TV <laughs> musical movie parody of the propaganda film from the 30s, which is totally bonkers and does feature Kristen Bell doing one hit of marijuana and then doing a full BDSM number. Just going right. completely berserk. Right. It's very silly and very funny. Seems good. It's it's a fun show. Alan Cumming is in it. Um, a lot of good people. And a guest Uh But yeah, there, there's there's a lot to be said. But we've been recording for hour 47. Do you think we want to try to wrap this one up? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Do, do, well, do yeah. you have any lingering comments or questions or anything I that I didn't cover that you feel? The only other thought I had is, and this is the one thing that clicked for me, is like, my other this was the 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 avenue i had into musicals when i was in high school the avenue was, two you had in yeah sh- uh, sure um <laughs> was uh the spe- it started with a very potter musical i don't oh, know if sure. you've ever watched I that absolutely do yeah, yeah definitely yeah. um and uh that one is one that i have tried to go back to watch recently and the production like <laughs> it's just it's not it's not yeah you can't. I feel like a lot of people feel that way about it. That like, wow, when we found this as teenagers. I mean, whoa. I'm not. I'm not even saying anything. Like the music itself is. is still, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I'm saying like the actual like specifically the film because it is like a college production for anyone Dar- who's not Darren, familiar. Darren Chris, Darren Chris, Chris so, is yeah. in it. Yes, before he he'd really done anything. I, and then there's like, so they actually have. Um, it's it's this production called Star Kid. Star Kid, yeah. Um, and I forget there are some started in some college. I do not remember what mm-hmm. uh, like where that that was. Yeah. I don't know. Um. I can I can look it up, but they've done you know a couple what? of shows they've, though. I think they've done they've of... done many shows, and I don't know what they're up to these days. They're probably still doing shows. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Darren Chris is winning Emmys. <laughs> Darren Chris <laughs> is know? doing a lot. Um, that one of the the guy who plays uh, Ron in the original one ended up on I can't remember the name of it, but some Disney Channel show. Huh. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's continued to leapfrog in this sort of right, from right. that or, or what he's up to. That's wild. Um, but uh, yeah, they it's so they the first. Or I, I, like they'd done others, but like the kind of the one that that threw them onto like oh everyone's radar mm-hmm. was a Harry Potter musical, which right. is a parody of the Harry Potter movies, and it's yeah. supposed to be like and, and it's funny because they do a lot with like they're all college kids, but yeah. they they're supposed to be playing eleven year olds. Sure, sure, sure. It's supposed to be the first year. Um, obviously, Darren Chris is amazing, but like the actual filming of it is very. Uh, you know, low quality because yeah, they just didn't yeah. really have access oh, to it. Sure. So like you can see what's happening and you can kind of hear what's happening, but I, you know, going back to it now, it's very hard to, to watch it yeah, in I'm general. Sure. Um, and they made, they made a sequel. I think they made a couple sequels and maybe because of Darren Chris, Chris, they never got to make the third one. Hmm. Um, and so those, those are all tangentially related to movies yeah. in terms of no, their movies we talk about. One I did want to bring up from them though, that has nothing to do with movies. Um, well, it's, it's sort of a parody of, of a lot of sci-fi movies. It's very like, uh, right. Starship Troopers is Starship is the name of it. I've heard it. I haven't. And I don't know it, but I know it, it is. It is filmed very well, from what I remember. I, I actually haven't gone back to see that one in a while, but that one mm-hmm. is. I would say is probably actually the better okay. show. I, I, they've done a bunch. I, I haven't been keeping up with them since about the time they made Starship. But Starship is really, really good. Yeah, I, I would recommend okay. checking that out. Yeah, it's all sure. it's all on YouTube. You know, cool. as far as I'm aware. Um, and it's like a parody of Starship Troopers, and like you okay. know, it's get your you get your uh, Star Trek and your Star Wars parody stuff in there okay. too. Um, and they that one is like genuinely like really really good. It's I think it's all filmed and everything. So that was yeah. like when I was I, I think that was more why I still have an interest in musicals because I found those and I was like oh these are great no, these definitely. are like you know this is they're making jokes about Harry Potter I love it and yeah, then like yeah. just happened to be like I really like these guys now I'm gonna watch this that isn't really as related. Uh, there is there is a joke in that where um, the like corporation that runs everything is called the. Uh, the GLEE, or it's it's ah, it's, it's got so it's like the galactic. You, they say it earlier, and they're like the galactic league of whatever. Sure. And then uh, and then at, at some point, someone's like, 
curse the GLEE, and then he like stops and stares at the audience for a good like, ten cute. seconds. It's oh, a good, good joke. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and so there's a uh, there, there's there's a lot of fun to be had with those. Um, they did make a Star Wars one mm. later on uh, called Annie, a Star Wars. I, okay, uh, yes, story, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, that was that was like kind of an in for me of, of I don't really have anywhere to go with that beyond no, I feel that was though. that was yeah. uh, something that. I think kind of got me got me interested in this, and I think in general the thing that I've discovered and the reason I've been going back is because tell, using music as a vehicle for storytelling, specifically like the the reason I really love Hamilton and, mm. and really got into that was because, and this is not like an uncommon thing for mu- musicals to do. I'm just not used to them. Is uh, having your you know kind of repri- reprisals of songs that, yes. that twist things. Yeah. Hamilton does that so like the the second half of that is basically like every song is. A song from the first half, but yep. they they do a twist on it. Oh, so, you know, I mean the way they bring back "Satisfied." Satisfied. The way they bring back, um, the, you've got Washington's on your side versus oh, Hamilton's on your side, and uh, uh, Jefferson's going home. Yeah, Washington's well, yeah, going exactly, home. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my heart. Um, yeah. There, there's so much good stuff with that, and just like every song is like a parallel to something else that happened earlier. And it's it's Definitely. all really and Les Miserables. As, I'm, mm. The more I listen to Les Miserables as someone who's like doesn't have a super trained ear, the more I'm convinced that like it's all the same song. No, <laughs> this, this was a big thing in the 80s though. Andrew Lloyd Webber did this all the time. Uh-huh. It happens to all of his shows. And again, musicals have reprises and stuff a lot and they repeat right, right. melodies. Sondheim, who's like the Shakespeare of musical theater does this before mm-hmm. people start ragging on Webber for doing it. Mm-hmm. But yes, all of those British invasion shows would do that. You would there are fewer melodies than there are songs yes. because they would repeat. And, and usually it was character stuff, but sometimes yeah. like the look down from yes. Limited, dun, 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 That's the confrontation. Yes. That's the opening. That's the yes. song, look down. That is like six times in that show. Yes. Constantly. That and um, on your own, oh, or yeah. on my own, I should say. You hear that the, a couple you, times. That, that's yeah. also um, Valjean's soliloquy. And then, right. you know, they, they, they pull that through multiple times and like, that every time I listen to that, I'm like, wait, is that actually just um, what's the what's the one Anne Hathaway sings? <laughs> I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream. I was, I wanted to say like dreams, like the um. Now now I'm trying to think of the band that sings dreams. Is that oh is Van that, Halen? No, there the, there might be a thing too. But I'm trying to think of. I've gone on this rabbit hole of who sings. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a I have a serious problem with remembering. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. No, that's yes, yeah, Fleetwood yes. Mac. Okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I there are so many things that like yeah. I just can't remember. It's fine. <laughs> There's a lot of songs um, called. Dreams. I probably have dementia. You know, it's <laughs> fine. Um, but yes. Uh, point is that like there are many songs where like I'll be listening to that and I'm like, wait, is that actually just yeah. that? And like yeah. And yeah. sometimes that can feel lazy, mm. but sometimes. With Les Miserables specifically, I feel like it's all very like, oh, that evokes it's very a very chosen, particular yes. version. Yeah. And, and in Hamilton, it's... The, the yes. layers of Hamilton, yes. you, I mean, there are... You could write a thesis paper. There are scholarly works on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I mean, this mm-hmm. is... The, the degrees of... I mean, the fact that he also wrote in literal... He samples R&B music. Mm-hmm. He samples... We talked about uh, 1776. He actually... There's a line in it, I believe, from last five years. At the mm. end of Can't Say No to This, I think he says, and nobody needs to know... Which is from hmm. last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so he pulls from, but never like in a in a plagiaristic way, but in a that that is movie as a show about heritage and it's about right. culture and the confluence right. of different and just the, the brilliance of. I mean, I, I know there are people who get upset about this, whatever. Um, not to get political, I guess, but the the, <laughs> the brilliance of having like oh, it's all these founding fathers, but they're yes. played by 
various minorities and mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. But the only people the, who, yeah. the only white guy is King George. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to be said there. Stuff that I'm fine with. Yeah, it's kind, it's it kind of like that's that's a lot of fun. That's a, that's yeah. a really cool. Especially cool. the fact that you're turning this into, you know, something that's that's more of a hip hop kind of right, like they're, like they're, right. you're you're sampling a lot of genres that weren't really made by white people like that. You know, yeah. that's that's not. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that it's also about um, being an American immigrant making your yes. way, and 100%. so therefore. You know, obviously Hamilton was a Scottish immigrant, but like the the idea of being an immigrant mm-hmm. to this country, this mm-hmm. country built on immigration, and to to have a, a diverse cast is is it's it's thematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that it yeah, yeah. It, it feeds the Very show. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that it's a show that anybody can play anybody except George. That that's pretty required <laughs> that like sure. George because again, there's there's implications there that are are, are part of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, Hamilton is a show that like it, it just keeps on giving. Yes. It is it is yes. crazy. It's something that you hear about so much. But once you finally like really dig into it, you're like this and like this is a masterpiece. I think there's been there we've started to see some of that. Like it's too popular, so there's backlash. Um, and Hamilton has it. Yeah, but like yeah. ultimately, I mean, it's it's. I think it's hard to it's it's gonna it's, it's gonna hold up. I think, yes. yeah. but it's like the Heath Ledger performance in Dark Knight. The more you hear about, it, the more you talk about it. Part of you starts to go, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's like, do you... we really? Does it really matter that much? And then you go back and you experience it, and you're like, oh wait, no, this is yeah. this is that good. This yeah. does have that much to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I guess if I want to sum up with anything, for one thing, with musicals, uh, try them out. There's a lot of different kinds of musicals on stage and in movies. There are tons. I recently heard of a movie called Stage Fright that is apparently a horror, like serial killer musical, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I gotta check that out. That sounds crazy. Um, you know, watch them. There's uh, and there's tons of we didn't even touch on all the Golden Age, the King and I, West Side Story, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. all that stuff because I don't know that many of them except for West Side Story, sure. which is great. But like, there there is so much within musical theater. If you're not a musical theater fan, I totally get it. Keep trying them out because you, if nothing else, the style of music. Like I wasn't a big musical fan until I heard rock and roll in Jesus Christ Superstar, and I was set mm-hmm. forever. And you know, try stuff out. Uh, the other thing, the reason I think I love musicals so much is because, like you said, using music for storytelling. A musical moment in a movie, it is like, for me, it is the confluence of every type of storytelling at once. Mm-hmm. And music is something that, and I've talked a lot about how everything's relative. We all like different stuff. No one's right or wrong. Not every, nothing is for everybody. And I try not to be shocked if someone says like, "Oh, I've never seen Citizen Kane." I try not to go, "Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, interesting. How come?" Yeah. Maybe also maybe, a lot of people haven't seen Citizen Kane. Well, true, but like, <laughs> so I, I, I might be surprised, but not judgmental. I am. It is harder to do that. Someone, if I met someone who said, "Oh, I don't like music," mm-hmm. just flat, I would go, "Really?" I mean, again, that's totally believable, but, like, every culture that is or was or will be has music. Yes. Every type of person has music. And it's, you know, the... I feel like there there's there's also an element, too, of, like, people get really, like, against modern music and everything. Sure, sure, sure. But I think there's something really interesting in the fact that, like, we're, we're seeing, like, in, our, in today's culture, there's a lot of sort of very... Um, you know, we're all we're all very concerned about technology and everything. And there was a little while there where it was like, I don't know what the names are, like 
techno but, but music. Is it all going to be electronica? Yeah, it's all everything's going to be synth yeah. and electronica, and then now we've got like folk. It's coming. Yeah, back. oh, completely. And so it's like, it's, and it's all that such stuff. a reaction yeah. to everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mu- music is something that a friend of mine once said: there will always be sports, and there will always be music, mm-hmm. and that's totally true. Yes. And and music is something that it exists for everyone because it touches on something. Music is, is maybe the only type of art that we don't create. We just rework. Yes. You, no, no human being invented the A note. Mm-hmm. We just figured out a way to play it. Mm-hmm. We had to invent a movie. We had to invent the, the printed word. We had to invent sculpting. The, yeah. But music just, it's just sound. Mm-hmm. We're just finding ways to rework it. And so then to take something that is that inborn in our social world, our cultural world, and in our emotional world. Uh, I mean, again, think about listening to music when you were 15. Like, every 15-year-old I've ever known is like, music is my life. Yeah. Because that's true. I mean, that's how you... And it's such an emotional thing that you can't really explain. Absolutely. And it depends on who you are and, like, it's just And where you are in your life. Specific, like, I mean, and talking about with movies and storytelling, like, there was a... This happened a lot for me. I, I used to, like be obsessed with how i met your mother sure um it would always come on like right when i be- it'd be on like reruns and stuff right when yeah. i got back from school or whatever and so I'd, I'd get back and i'd be like oh i gotta just throw this on and yeah. like i had to like half the show memorized and that show does a ton with like soundtrack in right, terms of right. specific music that like then would stick in my head and that would be like i can go back and listen to that now and remember how much yes. that being paired with some emotional thing yes. really, really stuck with me. And, and that happens to me all the time with, with TV shows and movies and things Absolutely. like that. Where when they use those songs the right way, just whatever song they might choose, mm-hmm. it will really stick. That hit me. Uh, the Walking Dead had a few songs yes, that hit me 100%. really specifically. Uh, and, I mean, I compl- couldn't agree more. And there are songs in movies where, like, the reason I love a movie is because the credit song is so perfect mm-hmm. and sums up the atmosphere of that so well. And with a musical, you are... I mean, Alex has talked multiple times on this podcast about the scores. Not, yes. You know, all this, Michael Cicchino and, and uh, uh, John Williams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because subconsciously or, or consciously, it adds so much. Yes. And so to say, we're going to take that and combine that with the characters. And the characters are literally going to sing. You can communicate levels of emotion and mm-hmm. degrees of emotion and shades of emotion in a song, even if the lyrics aren't necessarily complex, if you have the right note, the right tone, the right tempo, you communicate everything. I mean, the, the talk about Anne Hathaway with "I Dream to Dream." Mm. Like, there, there are at least a couple lines in there that are just like the most like yeah. desperate, like powerful, yeah, sort of. And, and it's that... and it's a confluence of great writing, just great word choice, but also great underscoring, and even with the underscoring. What instruments are they playing? Mm-hmm. What what you know? Are you hearing the strings? Or are you hearing the horns? I mean, there's so much detail that goes into it. when it all comes together in the right way, and it's filmed well, and it's presented well, and it's performed well. It is supernatural, and it is transcendent. Mm-hmm. And musicals are. I understand why there's such a, a stigma against them. Why they're always we always think that they're silly. We always think they're comedies, and because many of them are, and that's how a lot of it started. But it has now gotten to this point where it exists everywhere, much like music does. And it, it, I, I have n- never had the spe- the specificity of of impact 
that I have from a musical moment. It doesn't have to be a necessarily a musical, mm-hmm. but a song or a musical stinger. I mean, even just think of the end of Toy Story three, and that's the music they're playing or something. Mm-hmm. It can just hit you. And I mean, Annihilation is a movie that I really love, largely in part of the music. I love the music in that movie, and it's 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 not a musical at all. Uh, but then, when you when you use music to tell a story and to tell an emotion, you you have so much more to play with, and it's such a, a wider range of, of tools, and, and it's such a beautiful thing that if it's not your bag, it's not your bag. But I bet there's one out there that will hit you in a very personal place, narratively, stylistically, yes. or even just the way they play the guitar. I mean, something is going to hit you. So, yeah, I mean, the, I, I I could talk all night about this stuff. But but I won't because you guys you know you guys it's a week you guys have homework today. Um, <laughs> or like kids to this, feed. Yeah. What did you do on your snack break? There are your children. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're supposed to make dinner. We gave you that time. <laughs> we took a break. We don't appreciate being taken for granted like this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I there, it's just it's it's a rich beautiful thing and. Uh, yeah, I just love it to death. So thank you guys for joining us and listening mm-hmm. to, to this episode. I had a ton of fun. Tyler, thank you for indulging me. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us will be back uh, next week. We're going to mm-hmm. do Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And we're going to decide pretty soon, I think, what our next mm-hmm. franchise is going to be and how we're going to parse what, what we're going to do with that. So I we'll think while well, Alex instance. is not here, we should probably figure out what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> Good so... idea. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pitch. We're going to do the Phantasm movies. <laughs> We're going to watch some 80s horror real quick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to watch a bunch of Oscar bait movies. Uh, we're going to do a six-part series on the original It miniseries. I like uh, it. So, yeah, I like you know, it. That'll be good. We're not going to do the new ones. Um, nah, who cares? But, yeah, just the, yeah, the, the miniseries. The, the Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, maybe, like, Under the Dome or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. We've, t- we've talked about possibly doing a TV show like Game of Thrones. I would love if the one TV <laughs> show we did was We just Under really the Dome. care about this, and none of us have watched it beforehand. And we, we, just... we have to get through the whole thing never talking about how Dean Norris was on Breaking Bad. We can never mention it. Dean Norris, you know from, and mentioned some other like 80s movie he was in that no one's heard of, but we never talk about it. Oh, that'd be so good. Cool. There's a... There's a... Two last thoughts here. There's a... There's a pun in there somewhere. I don't know what it is, but there's a pun in there somewhere. Um, secondly, I really hope someone has found that pun and someone had a podcast <laughs> when that show came out and they were following along with it. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, yeah, as we um, always say, please write in to us. Uh, if you have questions about movies and musicals, if you have comments about movies and musicals, we're yeah, here to listen. We would, we would very much like to hear it. Um, yeah. My last thought is that I was looking up Dreams earlier to try and figure out that mm-hmm. it was by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. And uh, I left that in my phone, then I, I pulled it up again, and uh, the first suggestion was Dreams About Snakes. So <laughs> I, don't know if any, I don't know if that's like a cultural thing going on. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if you all are why did it have having to be some snakes, bad snake guys? dreams. I, why did it have to be snakes? That's a good question. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, oh, I hope man. I hope none of you um, are having you know some intense, terrifying nightmares. Yeah, really. Snakes. I got gotcha. <laughs> we didn't plan a sign off. We really didn't. We didn't think about. This. I'm currently looking up under the dome. Uh, <laughs> podcast. Well, uh, well, I'm gonna... unfortunately I'm not I'm not getting much under the dome cast. <laughs> it's uh, it, off the dome. We'll call it off the dome. Um, 
Uh, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. Uh, you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at HTC Sequels. Um, and uh, we're on iTunes. Just just type that in and you'll find us. Uh, really just in general, just type in Here Come the Sequels on the internet and you'll find us somewhere. Ask your buddy G. That, that, was, that was four for four. Very yeah. proud. Knock, nailed it. I'm, I'm an avid fan. <laughs> Um, I think I probably had to do it the last time Alex and I did a solo episode. I think, I, and I think I got them all wrong. Um, <laughs> That's why we you sent them all to the Under the Dome I podcast, did. and we just. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this pet project. Um, uh, but thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, yeah, I'm Britton, and musicals are great. Everything's mm-hmm. real. <laughs> Where do I go from there? Nothing Where exists. I'm Tyler. <laughs> Follow my heartbeat. <laughs>